Real quick, let me just start off by saying this is Peter Rosenberg, your forever 24-7 champion, host of the Cheap Heat Podcast. And I want to shout out the Will Wonder Podcast. You know what I wonder? What amazing takes will be given today on this show? Will I ever get the nod, the invite to be a guest on this show? Will I ever feel like coming on the show if I get that invite? We don't know. But you're checking out the Will Wonder Podcast. What is up, everybody? Episode 115 of the Will Wonder Pod. Hope you've all been doing well since the last time we spoke. Um, I know last week I had joked about Snowmageddon coming to Salt Lake City. Um, It was no joke. Where I live, we got 18 inches of snow. I have a fairly big driveway, three-car garage, not to stunt on anybody, but I had to shovel that shit. It took a long, long time, over two and a half hours in total. Great workout, but you know what? I'd rather be on the Peloton tread. I'd rather be on the bike. I'd rather just not be shoveling snow that long. Hopefully, we're in the clear for that much snow again. I know we're supposed to get some more as this week goes on, but it shouldn't be, you know, again, snowmageddon. Um, I released an interview for the Will Wonder Pod YouTube last week on Friday. My guy DJ Rockalypse, which you'll get that audio a little bit later in this episode, came on. We had a really great convo about his younger years, um, how he got into DJing, being a father, working for radio for 16 years, program director for some of those. Uh, and he shared some really great fun stories like like DJing for Dave Chappelle. Yep. So make sure you listen to that or watch it. I'll add the audio again at the end of this episode. But please, if you haven't, go to the Will Wonder Pod YouTube, subscribe, watch the videos, support, like, share, all of that good stuff so we can build the algorithm up because there's no other way to do it, if I'm going to be honest with you. Again, I'll put the uh, the link for all of that in the podcast description. Speaking of YouTube and links... Friday, I joined my guys over at the other side of the Beehive. We had a a fun catch-up. It had been a little while since I had been on their show. We talked about All-Star Weekend and a bunch of other just, you know, random shit that you talk about when you go on the Beehive. Uh, I'll leave that link in the podcast description as well. And shout-out to them next week, their four-year anniversary. That's crazy. It's a very long time. So salute to those guys and have dropped an episode every week for four years. So very pretty incredible over there. Um, what did we do this weekend? My wife, my son and I took my in-laws to the uh, University of Utah women's basketball game against Stanford. It was a great game. The Huntsman Center was packed. I've never seen that many people in there. Um, and the Utah women's team got the win. That win moved the Lady Utes up to third in the country. Um, This has been a really, really fun team to watch. Good luck to them in the Pac-12 tournament and, of course, in the NCAA tournament, which I can't believe is so close. Best time of year, as I always say. Now, March, April, and then October. March, April, March Madness. Basketball, NBA's heating up. We get Girl Scout cookies. It's also my son's birthday coming up. Don't want to get into that because I want to get all emotional on the podcast. Speaking of my son, he had his first indoor soccer game of the season. Um, about halfway through that, he fell really hard. He cried. But a few minutes later, he went back out there and he dominated. Followed that fall up with three goals, really great defense. Um, the growth of my son is is crazy. Not physically, because he looks like he's seven when he's four. But more the growth of his uh, of him mentally. 
six months ago, if he would have fallen that hard and, and he just would have cried and held on to his mom for the rest of the game, wouldn't have gone back in. Uh, it's great. I love watching him play. I love watching him become the human that he's becoming. It's it's a lot of fun. And I know uh, any parents out there can can empathize with what I'm saying. It's It's an amazing feeling just to watch him mold into the person that he's going to be. And again, I don't want to get too emotional on this pod, so we are going to flip to some NBA talk. Dame Lillard scored 71 points against the lowly Rockets. He hit 13 threes, went 22 for 38 from the field. Uh, Two things here. The Rockets are so bad. We all know that. They they didn't have Jalen Green this game. They didn't have Kevin Porter Jr. as he's been out for a while. But still, 71, you let a guy score 71 points on you? If we could just have the Rockets not play the rest of the season, just forfeit the rest of their games, that'd be great for everyone involved. As for Portland, they are still in the 11th spot in the West looking to get into the play-in tournament. I think they have it in them. I think the Jazz probably more than likely fall out. And potentially, I hate to say this, the New Orleans Pelicans without Zion. Man, I think he's... I don't know. I think he's done in New Orleans. Um, In two and three, four seasons, he's played a total of 114 games. And as a reminder, there's 82 games per season. A lot of rumblings about, you know, him not really taking rehab serious for those injuries. It sucks because he is, he's a lot of fun to watch, but I just don't know if he really truly wants to be out there. It's hard to tell. Speaking of injuries, looks like LeBron James will be out a minimum of two weeks with a foot injury. Uh, They had a great comeback this last Sunday, the Lakers that is, against the Mavericks where he injured his foot. Lakers look like a much better team without Russ, but losing LeBron now, the plan is in sight for them as they're only a half a game back, but that's a lot of slack for guys like Beasley, Rui, and Vanderbilt to pick up. And speaking of Vanderbilt, goddamn, great defense on Luka in that game on Sunday, a real steal for the Lakers in that trade. Hopefully LeBron can come back and we can have a very competitive play-in tournament and playoffs this year. Uh, You know who won't be in the playing tournament? That's the Charlotte Hornets. There was no question about that at all this season. But they are for sure, for sure not making it now as they lose LaMelo Ball for the rest of the season with a fractured left ankle. Charlotte seems snake-bitten. I don't know. I mean, you know, we all know uh, the stuff that's happened there in the past two years. But this is the best thing for them, in my opinion, for their tank job. As I said last week, a guy like LaMelo can get you three to four more wins that you don't really have any business getting so they could potentially lose out (laughs) especially with the games they have coming up oh the next game against the Suns speaking of the Suns coming back from injury Chris Haynes has reported that Kevin Durant is expected to play for the Suns Wednesday against the Hornets look for KD to drop at least 20 in his return and maybe play 22 minutes lastly Quinn Snyder ex-Jazz head coach is hired by Atlanta He signed a five-year deal, and he's slated to coach tonight as I record this, Tuesday, the 28th of February. Uh, He's getting a hell of a talented team, much deeper and more talented as a whole than what he ever had in Utah. Atlanta is currently eighth in the East. I think if Quinn can get buy-in from Trey Young, this could bump them up in the East, possibly to the sixth spot. As it seems, Brooklyn, who is currently in six, is in a bit of a free fall, and Miami is just wildly inconsistent. Atlanta could avoid that play-in tournament and move up in the East before it's all said and done. 
Again, that's if Snyder can get Trey Young to buy in. Let's wrap up this NBA talk with my three games to watch in the coming week. Wednesday, March 1st, we get the Cavs against the Celtics in Boston. Currently, Boston is tied for first in the East with the Bucks, and Cleveland is in fourth, just six games behind the first seed. That game will be on ESPN at 5.30 Mountain Standard Time. For that game, I will go with Boston, but I think it'll be a really, really fun matchup. Friday, March 4th, a night we get to watch Memphis go into Denver to play the Nuggets. First and second place in the West, and they played just last weekend. The Grizzlies really handled business. The final score was much closer, and I think it was like a 12-point game anyways than what the game was. So let's see if the number one seed Denver Nuggets can bounce back. I think they will. I'll go with Denver in this one. Lastly, Sunday, March 5th, which is my dad's birthday. Shout out to my dad, the bald bull, the master of machismo, Tom Selleck's stunt double in the 80s. Some of those things may be true. Some of them may not. But you know what? They're all believable if you know the guy. Uh, It's his birthday, March 5th. Happy birthday, dad. It's also my guy and friend of the pods. Birthday, Mr. Come on, Alex. The ref didn't see that. Uh, Mike Thompson's birthday as well. So shout out to you, my guy. That day, we get a hell of a game. 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on ABC. We get Phoenix going into Dallas to play the Mavericks. KD, Kyrie, reunion, except this time they're on two different teams. Outside of that, nobody on these two teams like each other. Could be a violent, tough, fun game on the Sabbath, and I'm all here for it. I'm going to go with the Suns to win this game. That'll do it for NBA Talk coming up. As we continue to celebrate hip-hop's 50th birthday, August 11th, 2023, and it's March 1st, which starts Women's History Month. So why not marry the two together and we talk about women in hip-hop history? After that, you will hear the audio from the interview with my guy, DJ Arocalypse. We had a fun time, hour and 50 minutes of us talking hip-hop, talking life, talking being a dad, talking his time in radio, and everything in between. Don't forget, make sure you subscribe to the Will Wonder Pod YouTube. The video for this interview has been up since Friday. I would appreciate that if you would do so. All of that after this. Hey, Alexa. Can you show me a new barber? Don't worry, I got you. Boogie Down Barbershop in Taylorsville is now open. Anything from gentleman's cuts, taper, fade, or if you want to treat yourself to a nice hot towel shave, Boogie Down Barbershop has you covered. Cuts for men and kids. Book your appointment today at boogiedownbarbershop.com. As we start Women's History Month, I thought it was only right as we continue to celebrate hip-hop's 50th birthday that we focus on women in hip-hop. Now, I want to be clear here and say I'm not going to touch or speak on every single female MC or producer in the history of hip-hop. Rather, I would like to highlight a few and show the evolution of the female in hip-hop from the 1970s to now. The first time you would hear a female MC on record would be 1979, and that would be MC Shaw Rock, known as the mother of the mic, got her start as the first female MC in hip-hop, and her skills would earn her a spot in the group The Funky Four Plus One. Shaw Rock, don't stop, just turn on your mic. 
We fast forward to 1988, July 1988 to be specific. The very first female MC to release a solo album, none other than MC Light. Doesn't matter, it goes into my head as just chit chatter. You may think it's egotistical or just wearing free, but what you say, I take none of it seriously. Though MC Light's first album, Light as a Rock, didn't have a huge commercial success, it did peak at number 50 on the Billboard Top Black Albums. Yes, that's what they called it at the time. It ended up spending 16 weeks on those charts and since then has been evaluated by a number of critics and is known as one of the most important hip hop albums of the 80s and to some in the history of hip-hop. Sticking in the 80s, we talk about one of the most important female MCs of the time, Roxanne Shante. Now, Roxanne Shante was a young 16-year-old girl at the time. She recorded one of the biggest dish records to date. Recruited by Mr. Magic and Marley Marl outside of a Queensbridge housing project, they decided that someone needed to snap back at UTFO for them not showing up to a show that was put on by Marley Marl and Mr. Magic. At the time, UTFO had a huge hit called Roxanne, Roxanne, where they were discussing a woman who wouldn't respond to their advances. Roxanne Shante, again, a member of the Juice Crew with Marley Marl, was recruited to rebuttal Roxanne, Roxanne in Roxanne's Revenge, showing that female MCs could hang with the men. In 1989, the depiction of women in rap music wasn't the greatest from the male side of things. To combat this, a young female MC who would later become a Hollywood and television star would team up with another female MC by the name of Moni Love and they would release the classic single Ladies First. Queen Latifah was the artist I'm speaking of. This song, Ladies First, celebrates the lyrical prowess and the talent of women in the hip hop industry. It is wicked. Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted. A woman could bear you, break you, take you. Now it's time to rhyme. Can you relate to a sister's open up to make you holler and scream? Hey, yo, let me take it from here, queen. As a new generation of female MCs started to dust up in the late 80s and early 90s, they sent a message of empowerment to women by boldly embracing their sexuality. And it all starts with these women right here. Salt, Peppa, and DJ Spinderella. Spinderella cut it up one time. Salt and Peppa released their first studio album in 1986, becoming the first female rap group to sell more than one million records. 
their style would separate them from other acts in hip hop as they were able to really do what they needed to do on the mic, but also were able to bring that sex appeal into the game. Fast forwarding to the mid 90s, nobody did it up to this point with the great lyricism and sex appeal quite like Little Kim. Kim's album Hardcore was released in 1996 with certified double platinum, and the rapper became known for her raunchy and for lack of a better term, unapologetic sexual lyrics. Friendly PSA, if you have kids in the car or in the room, you may want to turn it down or just skip a couple of seconds. Told you. Now, not all female MCs were quite as raunchy as Little Kim. You had MCs like DeBrat, who released her debut album Functified in 1994, became the first solo female rapper to sell a million records. Sticking in the 90s, we move on to 1998. After leaving the group The Fugees, we get one of the all-time greatest albums in the history of hip-hop from the one and only Lauryn Hill when she released The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. The album debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 200 charts, was nominated for 10 Grammy Awards, and won five of those, including Album of the Year. Also in the 90s, a female hip-hop star who would grow to be a superstar in music, Missy Elliott would release her first debut album, Super Dupa Fly, in 1997. Not only did she stand out for her unique style, but also her artistry, which was reflected in many of her amazing music videos. The first one being The Rain. Moving to 1999, we would have a female MC make history as only the third female hip-hop artist to have a top Billboard Hot 200 charting album. That would be Eve with Let There Be Eve, Rough Riders' First Lady. The late 90s to the mid-2000s would be ran by artists like Eve, Missy Elliott, and Little Kim. But there became a void as these female MCs weren't putting out as much music as they'd had in the past. A new voice was needed to carry female MCs into the 2010s. Nicki Minaj would burst onto the scene in 2010. Nicki's rap style was that of a mixture of Missy Elliott, Little Kim, Little Biggie Smalls. In 2010, she would release her debut album, Pink Friday. And to this day, she has become one of the top-selling female artists of all time, selling more than 100 million records worldwide. I fly with the 
no longer trying to survive. I believe that life is a prize, but to live doesn't mean you're alive. Don't worry about me and who I fire. I get what I desire. It's my empire. And yes, I call the shots. I am the umpire. I sprinkle holy water upon the vampire. In this very moment, I'm king. Since the emergence of Nicki Minaj, there has been a number of female hip-hop stars that have come out and made a big impact. Cardi B, who became the only female solo artist to win a Grammy for Best Rap Album. There's other hip-hop female stars that will continue to carry the flag for women in hip-hop through the 2020s, like Meg Thee Stallion, Doja Cat, City Girls, and many others. I hope you've enjoyed this look back at women in hip-hop. We will see you next week to continue hip-hop's 50th birthday celebration, August 11th, 2023. Peace. You're sitting at work, doing nothing, letting your life pass by. You keep procrastinating over and over. Maybe I'll check it out today. Maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Don't wait. Do it now. Check out the Unrestricted Podcast with me, Dre Rocker. I'll keep you laughing before work, after work. Hell, I'll even keep you laughing during sex. Go tune in now. I'm here to help you. You spend all day on the phone anyhow. Why don't you subscribe to a podcast that's going to help you in your future? All you got to do is pick up your phone, hit follow, Unrestricted Podcast with me, Dre Rocker. It's that simple. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Will Wonder Pod YouTube interviews. I'm going to come up with a better fucking name for it, but at this point, that's what we're calling it. I have a very, very special guest. I'm excited to talk to him today. Uh, He's a hip-hop fan, a DJ, and not just like, you know, you say DJ, right? He's uh, one of the best DJs there is out here. Uh, You might find him from time to time DJing for Real Salt Lake. He's a uh, husband. Most importantly, he's a father to three girls. My guest today is DJ Eracalypse. Yo, Will, best intro ever. <laughs> Thank you, man. No problem, man. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I'm really excited to dive into your life. But before, like I had told you, yeah. uh, hip hop is turning 50 this year, amazing. August 11th. That's amazing. It's crazy. Every episode, we're celebrating hip hop. So every guest I have, I, I want to ask them, what does hip hop mean to you? Got it. I love that. Um, happy birthday, hip hop. Mm. Will, I'm also honored to be here, man, for real. Like, um, thank you. I know our, our lives have crossed paths a few times. Right. Um, and, you know, we've, we've had the same friendship circles over the years. Um, and obviously, we share a love for hip hop, like you said, and passion. And um, I'm glad we get to do this together. Me it's too. It's like our real first like, collaboration. Yeah, together, I'm excited. So thank you for having me. And what hip hop means to me is, you know, I was thinking, it's fu- I, I kind of anticipated, obviously, that we were going to do this because I've been, I've been catching up listening to your podcast. Oh, and, thank you. Um, be sure you subscribe. Yes. All right. If you haven't already, do it. All right. Help out. <laughs> be a supporter. Yeah. Um, what hip hop means to me is like, you know, I thought about the fact that like, the cool thing to say would be like, oh, you know, I've been since I was a baby, right? <laughs> but like, I don't think that's realistic depending on your timeline, right? And like sure. the years you've, um, <laughs> you grew up in, right? I discovered hip hop, I would say like middle of like elementary school. Okay. Um, mainly because of a few things like the radio. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area in California mm. and there were hip hop stations and DJs and all that. So, 
from, yes, a young age, I, I was exposed to it and I kind of started really getting into it when I heard it, right, on the air. Um, and then it was also because of skateboarding. And I okay. started skateboarding when I was like in fifth grade. And skateboard culture is also, you know, has a lot of roots just like hip hop and DJing where I grew up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, popping in those VHS tapes of like 411 Video Magazine, right? Um, they would put a lot of like dope hip hop in there. Right. And so, you know, the radio taught me one thing, right? Mainstream hip hop, all that. But then it wasn't until like skateboarding that like really introduced me to the rest of hip hop, right? Mm. Like the, the, the deeper catalog, you know, obviously being an 80s baby, there was a lot of like East Coast, West Coast lean at sure. times. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> um, and uh, clearly I'm out of practice. And hopefully you're just not wearing headphones yeah, and you're correct. watching this. Movie. I just killed you. So sorry. Um, it's all good. But, uh, uh, you know, those influences brought me in. And I think the beautiful thing to me about hip hop is that I feel like everyone has kind of a unique story like that, but a similar story. Mm -hmm. It's typically like an older sibling or right. may, now it's like parents and even grandparents, right? It's wild. Because <laughs> 50. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but like, yeah, man, like hip hop means everything to me because it was the gateway into like, it was either attached to a passion I had or it brought me into that passion, mm -hmm. right? And who I am today, a lot of it is DJ and I'm grateful for that. And I owe it all to hip hop mm -hmm. because it was those DJs. It was the turntablists that were um, inspired, you know, through that part of DJing. Right. I love that episode. I can't remember which one it was where you you were talking with your homie about uh, how much, like, basically the chronological oh, order the evolution. Of, yeah, the evolution yeah. of DJ. Yeah. I thought that was so dope, um, and I learned a lot that I didn't even know too. Yeah. Um, That's great, man. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Key One, my guy, Mike. Key One. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Shout out Key One one time. I haven't met him. I, I need to meet him. He's a great dude. Yeah, yeah, cool. He's, he's, He sounds cool. Yeah, he's, he does sounds a like lot one of, of us. Oh, he absolutely is. Okay. Just a younger version. Dope. <laughs> oh, dope. Wow. He sounds so mature. For, <laughs> he does. You sound more like my age. He's like, damn. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, man, hip-hop hip -hop to me is everything, and... and um, I owe so much of it because I've also made a living off of it. You know what I mean? And I've been able to connect with those people in it, you know, eventually in my life. And mm. so, yeah, like I could get into tears, but it's too early in the video. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we'll save that for a little bit later. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, man. I love that. I love that. I mean, you touched on so many things there, but, uh, I feel the same way. It's, it's introduced me to so many people and it's just made me feel a part of a, a culture that necessarily I wouldn't have been a, a part of Correct. if I wouldn't have, you know, and, and met all these great people. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I feel you, including yourself. And and I want people to get to know uh, a little bit more about you, right? Cool. You said you grew up in the Bay. Yep. Skateboarding was big to you. Mm -hmm. um, your family, where do you fit in? You have brothers, sisters. Yeah, so I got two older sisters. Um, <clears throat> and um, my parents were the uh, first generation in their family to come to America from the Philippines. Got it. So, uh, yeah, they came to the they came to San Francisco, actually, specifically. That was where they first came uh, in the, I want to say, the early 70s, okay. if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, um, yeah, man, so, once again, I, I really grew up there until I left, mm -hmm. until I left home. Okay. Yeah. So talk to me about growing up in that Bay Area, like, uh, this is 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a, I was born in 83. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I was an 80s baby and um, all the way up until 
2001. Okay. Um, and growing up there, like I said, was it, it was cool because at, when you're there and you know when you're a kid, especially, you don't re- you don't really recognize things because you haven't been anywhere else. Yeah. Right. Like you haven't really like grown up and seen the world and and understood things more and like. So just, you know, growing up there obviously was just like I just knew it as home, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I I definitely uh, grew up, I wouldn't say like a rougher area, but it wasn't like a nice area either. You know, like okay. I had to deal with like getting jumped, you know, as a yeah. kid. I had to, uh, you know, I, I, I've been held up, you know, a couple times. Mm-hmm. And um, I've also, you know, uh, been a been a little bastard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was going to say, you've done the holding up as well? What? No, <laughs> no I mean, playing. not that far, but, you know, no, I I'm told kidding. you off camera, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I used, to, I used to steal singles yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. from, like, the music shop. <laughs> I just, it's funny saying that now. He's like, holy shit, what was I thinking? Yeah. Man? Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> but, um... <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm very grateful because, one, like, obviously, it, it's it's... It's known for so many things, right? And there's so much culture. It's very diverse. Yeah. Um, it's funny, you know, because like when I came to Utah in 03, um, I really hadn't lived in um, a place that's demographically unique as Utah, mm. you know, and I didn't realize it, right? Because then, you know, I met not my now wife here. She's from here. Okay. And she had never been to the Bay until I like proposed and brought her there yeah. a couple times prior. And uh, I could just see her eyes like, opening up right. you know like where we'd go have lunch and just the room of people mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean just very Francisco. diverse and different very diverse yeah. you know what I mean and um, but at the same time I, I don't mean that in a negative because like in Utah I feel like I'm be, being unique is who I love to be mm-hmm. like it drives a lot of what I do and um, I feel like special because I'm unique out here yeah. you know what I mean yeah so you uh, so you had kids early right oh, yeah so yeah how old were you when you had your first child? Uh, I was I was seventeen, going on eighteen. <sighs> okay, yeah. So let's let's talk about that just for a moment cool. because, you know, I know I had my first. I only have one child. He's okay. four now, so I was in my thirties. Okay, and then even in that moment, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you being seventeen years old, yeah. what was that like? You know, you you have a child on the way. What was going yeah. through your head? So there was a lot of things like going on, right? Like kind of mentioned, um, you know, I was, I had a rebellious phase as I entered my teen, you know, junior high teen years. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was, I was like crazy, you know, like I was really into girls, mm. you know, like I stopped, you know, I really didn't want to focus on school. I really liked, <laughs> you know, out, out of school, after school. Yeah. Also grew up in a very like sh- crazy strict household, mm. uh, kind of typical Asian family, you okay. know, kind of, kind of vibes. If you, if you feel me, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, uh, so it just pushed more, right? Like of me wanting to like get out of the house and, um, while out, mm. you know? And I think that was kind of, kind of it, right? Like it was, a it was a surprise. Like, um, it wasn't like she was my girlfriend or anything. Like, Got it. And as a matter of fact, it was like, um, she was living across the country, believe it or not. It was just like visiting Damn. to check out a college type thing situation. And you were just out there. I was just out there, bro. <laughs> and it was like, yo, this is where I want to say, like, it's funny, right? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to mention a lot of like, old, you know, yeah, yeah. moments. But, like, um, you know, we also grew up with the internet becoming a thing. And then, yeah. like, you know, America Online was like the spot to get like you know what i mean like the hook ASL, up what's yeah. up yeah, yeah that yeah. was like chat rooms and yeah, like like instant it. messenger yeah. yo like that was the original tinder you know what i yeah. mean 
And it was like not, uh, it was not like, you know, like controlled or like no, there was no, zero. no you, one yeah, had any clue wild. what yeah. was going on. Mm-hmm. So yes, so um, I ended up uh, dropping out before my senior year, getting my GED, uh, leaving uh, home for the first time, mm. and against what actually my family wanted me to do. Okay. Um, and I just packed up what I had, like some clothes, I had turntables, and I could only carry a couple crates of records with me, and went on a plane and went to the East Coast for the first time, Landed in Maryland. Oh, man. And started to figure that shit out. Um, <laughs> that's the shortest version. Yeah, that's a There's lot. There's a lot of detail. Yeah, but yeah. That, I mean, even that alone, not, I mean, you know, essentially like just not really knowing her, yeah. the baby mother, and then, yeah. well, I'm going to take uh, responsibility and yeah. I'm going to go out there. Yeah. That's crazy. As, at, a, at a such a young age, a lot of, a yeah. lot of guys would have ran away from that. I think, too, it, it was like, you know, I will say as much as I, so I don't, I don't have like a current, like me and my family don't speak. And there's, oh. a, and there's a lot of other reasons why okay. that I'm going to leave out. Sure, sure. Yeah. But, we don't need to get too personal. Yeah. But I will say that, you know, I was very motivated to like start my own life. Yeah. And I think that I'm thankful for that. And somewhere along the line, obviously, they t- like I think my dad kind of taught me that whether he said it or not. Got it. Um, there was always like this: be a man. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Take care of your shit. Be a man. Yeah. You know, and so I think that really also helped me get through it and figure it out, right? Yeah. Step by step, which was fucking crazy. That is. Yeah. And I will say too, like you know, my my two oldest daughters are 21 and 18 and the whole goal right was to like make sure they don't make the same mistakes yep and i'm happy to say that obviously they surpassed my 17 goal (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) and that's real right like like that's all you want you know what i mean especially being a girl dad bro like i can't imagine talk about karma Right. Yeah. Talk about karma. <laughs> There's no boys. Yeah. In this nutsack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. What did What did Nas say? Uh, the foul <laughs> The foulest heartbreakers in the world. God gets you back and make you have precious little girls. <laughs> I, I, I uh, you know, my I have a couple of really close friends. My brothers that I, I call them my brothers. We're not related by yeah. blood, but we may as well be. Yeah. And a lot of them have you know just girls. Shout out to my guy Chacon. He knows. Yeah. He knows the deal. But uh, man, I can't imagine um being that young and having a child. And then just being like, all right, I'm going to go about my, I'm going to handle this, which, yeah. you know, kudos to you. Cause like I said, a lot of Thanks. younger dudes would have just, uh, I'm not doing that. And because a lot of those things that I, you know, opened up and told you about, um, you know, I was working as soon as legally possible. Right. Like they didn't want me to do that. Like typical Asian households from that era, like Coastal. that's disrespectful. You Got know what it. I mean? To like be that young and want to make money like that's like telling them you ain't making enough money yeah you know what i mean like the, i know that's jack like it's not really good mm-hmm. thinking but that's how it was they looked at it yeah. so i i really like i think i always went that way whether that was going to happen or not Got and it. because that happened that was just the reason right it was yeah like, all right i'm out yeah see ya so you moved to the east coast yeah uh and so, then you end up coming to utah and we're going to bounce around by the way sure. I'm gonna, i want to go back into the djing stuff but you move. You moved to Utah around 03-ish. Mm-hmm. What 
brings you to Utah because it's yeah. everyone has their own story how they got here. No, so uh, it was because of uh, yeah, my first wife, my the the mother of the two girls I, I brought up, Kyla okay. and Um Her older sister was going to uh, UVU, but it wasn't called UVU yet. Oh yeah, UVSC. So, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And. Um, she, you know, she was having problems too, like with her mom, like we were living at her house. Got it. And, uh, they just, they just clashed all the time. And there was like kind of that reason, right. To come here. Mm. It was like, yo, my sister's out there, you know, she's married. Mm. Um, they live in this like apartment complex, apparently rent super cheap. And it was in Orem. Mm. Um, I remember it was like, dude, I was paying like $600 a month. Like, <laughs> crazy, bro. Where did that go? You can't even get a fucking... <laughs> Bathroom you for can't, that. You no. can't rent a truck at U-Haul <laughs> yeah, for six hundred dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, that that brought us to Utah. Just like a random, like, yo, let's okay, let's go. Okay, um, let's go try it out. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. Where were you working at that time? Like when you came yeah. here? I mean, new place, right? Obviously, you yeah. had a connection, but where, where did you start working? Oh yeah, so. Um, these were like the retail days, bro. Mm, so everyone, I was, every DJ had a fucking retail really? day. Really? You think I was, so? I was Best Buy RC okay. Willie. Yeah, okay, yeah. dope. Dope, there you <laughs> yeah. go. I like that. Yeah, it, it makes I, it easier I for I you. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that connection. Yeah. It's dope. Um, so um, I was like three years into Target. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I started there as just like overnight throwing boxes, logistics, that kind of shit, right? Like whatever an 18-year-old right could get. Right. You know, um, worked my way into the daytime, did like a little like, you know, department manager type role. Mm. Um, and so I was able to transfer. Okay. We were actually living, we went from Maryland to Virginia, and then, because it's very close, it's like DC yeah, metro yeah, yeah. area, right? Um, and then we went from there to Utah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So working at Target. Mm -hmm. I want to pause there and I want to go back okay. uh, to when you're younger and, and everything that I've seen or, or, or heard about you around like 14 years old, yeah. you kind of start DJing. That's right. So what gets you into DJing? I know you had the love of hip hop from the, from skating, but yeah. DJing itself, what gets you into So that? it was turntablism. Okay. It was, um, we're talking about the nineties. So this to me and a lot of people in the culture that really know that's like the golden era of turntablism. Yeah. <clears throat> We're talking about heroes today still and who have evolved into a whole other things, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I made a post the other day, you know, about... Um, Beautiful post, by the way. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. About, you know, um, National DJ Day and, mm -hmm. like, uh, it was that. It was, it was uh, those turntablists who were competing in the DMC World Championship, right? Mm -hmm. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's basically the Olympics of DJing. Yeah. You know, Shout out to Poetic C, our guy here in yeah, Utah. Who, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. was a finalist. Yeah. That's ill. Um, and yeah, man, it was those guys because, uh, like I said, I grew up in an area where DJ culture was kind of around me. And also, a lot of those heroes I'm talking about are from there. Mm -hmm. You know? That's and, interesting, too, that there there is a lot from the Bay Area. I mean, think about it. You yeah. know, like Kubert. Kubert, yeah. He's the one who sticks out the biggest. Yeah, yeah. and that whole squad, right? Yeah. Invisible Scratch Pickles. Um, and, um, and also too, like I also mentioned in that post, like it's also because, you know, they look like me, mm. like these are Filipino DJs yeah. who are world championship level DJs. Right. You don't see that in sports, mm. right? Yeah. Even music, it's a challenge when you look at it on paper, not just Filipinos, but Asian cult, Asian sure. countries of all, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, 
in in American music, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about it. Yeah, the first. Who am I trying to think? The first Asian MC I remember is Jin. There you go. I'm gonna, yeah, that's Rough what Riders. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, man, it was really turntables and got me into DJing. Um, it was just what they were doing and like blowing my mind, right? Of like, oh wow, it's not just to play music. Yeah, it can be an instrument. It could be, and it's just like a level of like showmanship and performance mm-hmm. um, that attracted me to it and wanted me to do that. So like. Yeah, it was like <clears throat> the radio DJs at the time were also so creative in the Bay. Mm. They were doing like mashups before mashups were a thing. Got it. And this was on like vinyl, you know, three turntables live. Yeah. Not Super recorded. Yeah, Super bro. In prime times. Yeah. And so like I kind of had different things pulling me in, you know, I was fascinated by that. And like, yeah. yo, when you turn on the radio for this hour, this. It sounds totally different, but it's also very, like, the same. It's weird. Yeah. And then that. turntablism is like, yo, like, what the hell was that? Right. Tricks and all kinds of incredible stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I've been, I don't know what the math is, what, 25, 26 years in now? Mm. I'm still like, how do you do that? <laughs> At 99% of it. Yeah, I feel you. That's how crazy <laughs> turntablism is. Yeah. And, like, the respect level should be there, you yeah. know? And I feel like, yeah, man, we're... DJing has kind of evolved to not to like get on a high horse because I complain about those kind of people all the time. But like, you know, I think it's I'm not saying everyone has to know how to scratch, but like, you know, there there have been times where like those heroes have spoken up about like, you know, other types of DJing that have like talked down to it. Yeah. Or like acted like that's done or, you know, and it's like, no, like that's the fundamentals. Exactly. You know, I don't want to go to a doctor that didn't really go to (laughs) medical school. Yeah. You know, like that's to yeah. me, like that's what that is with DJ. Yeah. Like you should at least understand some basic principles and be able to baby scratch and, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And, and create some showmanship. I think, I think, uh, you know, and you had listened to that episode that I, that yeah. me and uh, Key had done, but it's a, it's a double edged sword with technology now. True. Because it's so great to allow you, like, I mean, you, I remember when Serato first came out, when it first came out, I couldn't afford it. Yeah. And, uh, but eventually I got it and I just, it was just like, God, I don't have to lug around bro. this bro. shit. Bro. <laughs> that reason alone, not having to bring your elephant yeah. to put 10 crates on to get to the club. <laughs> For bro. Real. And yes. your friends who want to hang out at the party, but don't want to help you load in like, come on, bro. I, like, I, okay. Uh, I told you about the mixer I had that uh, yeah. I would have CDs as well. And then yeah. I had my turn to, so I would take maybe three crates. Right. And then the rest I'd have CDs. I'd be like, guys. I don't want to go back to my car and grab the just grab still it. Still heavy. It's still heavy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean we're go, we can go down a whole rabbit hole about that. Yeah, but yeah, but, so but I agree with in. you. That brought me in. Okay, that brought me into DJ. Okay, yeah. your first uh, your first purchase turntable wise, what? Yeah, what did you get? So what's dope is because I grew up in an area where I like really paid attention. I knew there was only one answer. Mm. Right, yeah, it's the twelve hundred. Yeah. right. You got to get the techniques, dog. Right, like, that's that's the one. Yeah, um, and uh, I will say too, like um, it was also influenced from my family because I had like an uncle or something that like okay. was big in the wedding Filipino circuit in the Bay. Mm. So I remember going to his house a couple times, and he had like a studio, and it was crazy. It was like, and he was like a real DJ, like yeah, and, and he had like showmanship and all that, and. Um, so I knew, like, I kind of had influences around me that, like, knew, like, oh, you're going to get into this. Like, you got to get the right shit. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's great. mixer-wise, it was a different story because, you, like you said, right, like, we're talking 14 years old. Yeah. 
um, the good news was was that I was making a little money because um, even though you're supposed to be like 14 and a half or whatever where I grew up to like have a job, yeah. some places, you know, they're yeah, like, okay, oh, close enough. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to double So check. I was already like, you know, trying to hustle, save money. Um, and uh, so I bought one turntable, one technique. Damn. And then a Gemini mixer. Everyone has a Gemini I mixer. I had a Gemini too, I yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I was like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> we are the same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's just that. And then um, my family had a, what the, the family business for my mom was, was a like performing arts studio. Mm. And there was a live element to it obviously with like equipment so I oh, okay. I helped them like always like connect everything mm. like from a very young age I was into that like nice. how like audio yeah audio and connecting things together so by the time I wanted to get into DJing I knew how to like connect things together and I was like oh well we got that old CD player yeah right the big one yeah the <laughs> right? tower it's yeah. like a third table yeah and um I would like plug that in as my second one until I could afford to get the next turntable nice so then I got that yeah yeah that's beautiful. Um, when you when you head out to the East Coast, I'm assuming at this point you're uh -huh. 17, 18 ish. Yeah, you have both your turntables. You have your mixer. Were you able to DJ out there Not at, at all? All no. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it was like, yo, it's go time. It's like yeah. I gotta make money. Yeah. 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 And you know, I, I, there was like a, a few parties here and there in high school that sure. I get broken off a few, you know, yeah. 20 bucks. But it was more like just being there. <laughs> yeah, and doing but it. it was never like a job yet. You yeah. know, it never like really like I could lean on it yet at that point. And then when I left, it was really like a mind fuck, right? So it was like, <sighs> gotta grow up now, gotta like, yeah. you know, gotta figure this out. So um, I was really just focused on how do I get my hourly rate up? <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. At the time. And so that stuff just sat. In a room wow. for, for all those years that I was there. Wow. And then, oh, as a matter of fact, I forgot this detail. I ended up selling those turntables to move to Utah. Oh, wow. And, but I kept the records. Okay. And then it wasn't until like life got more stable and the job got better and better mm -hmm. that then uh, my wife at the time, I'll give her this credit. She was like, yo, use the tax return to get your turntables back. And so I did. Okay. And then that was also right when Serato came out. Oh, man. Okay. And then it was like when I saw that, and then it was like the next year, get that. Yeah. You know? Um, because like you said. Game changer. Bro, like the <laughs> money you spend just on doubles. It's stupid. Yeah. Double everything, yeah. bro. Like stupid. Yeah. So, yeah, that was like a godsend. You know what I mean? So, I love that. Yeah, man. So you get back here. You're here in Utah. I've never told this story, by the way. Like I this, love that. Yeah, that's what's selling, dope. Like selling, I'm remembering selling this, that. Bro. Like to see where you are now. Yeah. At, but you sold that shit because obviously you had uh, a baby on the way, or yeah. uh, you had a baby, yeah. and you were moving back, or you're moving to Utah. Not uh -huh. back. Apologies. Yep. But that's crazy. Yeah. It could have just that could have been it. E. You could have never done it again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> scary <laughs> it's crazy yeah. because then yeah none of this would have happened none of yeah. you're right wow I the last that. 20 something years of your life would have been totally you would have been running totally targets different. yeah i yeah possibly yeah you know? and there's nothing wrong with no that. i mean hey the store manager make them yeah make them money dough. yeah i remember the general manager at best buy he was a complete dickhead yeah. but he made great of money of course they did <laughs> <laughs> that's where your money went yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't know yeah um all right so here in utah yes 
um, I know I I remember because I was so you're you're about uh, three years older than me two okay. three years older than okay. me. I listened to the radio all the time cool. in high school. You know, growing up, uh, you know, I talked on that podcast about the Baker Boys, different DJs that were mixing I loved at the time. Everyone you were bringing up, <sighs> just some some guys that like. They are, are just heroes. But you were right. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, Will. Yeah. I want to say that yeah. to you right now. Thank like, you. That's why I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Because yeah. you really are a lover of this shit. I, I, it's it's so deep. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's cool. Um, but I remember listening to the radio. I remember the Pepsi. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to mess up the name, but like creating the DJ or what was the name Making of the, the DJ? Making the DJ. Yeah. And I remember I even went to one. Oh, you did? Um it was outside, outside of U92, it must have been. That's the one that I, that I was in? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. they did it again, I don't know. No, 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 it oh, was okay. when you were in it. Oh, okay. Because I remember, I remember you, I remember Sayo, I remember... Um, Do you remember all the people in red and khaki that were there? <laughs> Yeah. Those were my people. That's your family. Okay. Yeah. No, they I all do. came out to support me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straight up. All the Target family. That was yeah. it. I was still working there. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's beautiful. And that goes yeah. to speak to like what kind of person you are to have supporters Thanks, that, man. you know what I mean? Um, and I'm, I'm going to get to another point here in a cool. moment, but I want to get to you getting ready for that. Oh, okay. So, cause, that transition, cause, yeah. cause when you, when, when U92 did the, um, the DJ um, competition mm-hmm. that I participated mm-hmm. in. I practiced that first five minute set for days. My wife will tell you she cannot listen to the the uh, the mix I did with Florida's My House and Dre's next episode where I put the acapella over the instrumental. She's like, I cannot well, hear that. Well, I, I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> It I was, know you did. Yeah, thank you. Because I threw that contest because of that. Yeah. I re- and and I was very impressed with your set. Thank you. And I wanted you on the squad. I know. You know that. I know. I know. You know that. Yeah. I was, um, I'll, I'll, I'll get this out now, right? Yeah. I, w- I was too hard-headed at the moment and, and frustrated at the result of the competition. Yeah. Uh, because I, I mean, again, I was, yeah. how old was I, 20? I don't know. Mid to late twenties. I don't want to say uh-huh. late twenties, uh-huh. but I I was very like I want this shit so bad. And when and this is I mean now that I'm older, I'm able to separate. I myself. love that we're talking about. This. Yeah, I'm able to separate my ego from who I you know. Yeah. And I was like, that guy is not better than me. And I'm not going to name any names. Oh, okay. You know what I mean. And that other guy who made it over me is not better. Than I'm me. so thankful you're saying this. Yeah. Because at the time, too, and I know I I hear it in your maturity, right? Yeah. Like, um, I did not anticipate that point of view. Mm. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I was so wrapped up in this gave me the opportunity. So I want to give it to all these motherfuckers. Yeah. That's where I was too young and too uh, not mature enough to understand what was but in I front of me. I should have thought of that as a, as a real lover yeah. of the culture. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't anticipate that. And I'm so great. I'm telling you right now, man. Yeah. Like, I'm so grateful you're telling me that. Because that's really something I should have thought of. Because you're right, like when it comes down to the art form, mm-hmm. I think competition is necessary. Yeah. And I think um, having pride that much in it and belief in it mm-hmm. that there should be a clear winner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I didn't anticipate that. Yeah. So thank you for telling me that. Yeah, for sure. That's really good, man. Yeah. I was I, I respect that. Thank Seriously. You. Yeah. And I don't know if Dre told you, but like um, there was a time too where um, he brought you up in one capacity or another. And then I asked, oh, how, how you, how's Will doing? Yeah. And then he told me, he was like, oh, he's good, man. And I'm like, are we cool? Like me and Will? Yeah. 
I mistook you for someone else. Okay. Because he asked me that and I was like, well, yeah, I'm fine with them. <laughs> I fucked up, bro. Okay. Once again, it's also because there were so many DJs involved in the yeah. competition. I crossed a couple of storylines wrong. Okay, got it. And so like, I, I now remember what happened after and you and yeah. my conversation. We talked on, the, yeah. Yeah. Because I just, hit you up like, what can I do better? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and on top of it too, it was just like, I also understood like at the time, like your feedback and all that, like I totally got it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, um, I also want to say that out loud, right? I, that yeah. came to mind that like, you know, I told Dre that the other day. I'm like, Dre, he's not who I said. Yeah. Like, I, I totally cried. And it wasn't even bad. It was just like, I could understand if you weren't fucking with me. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, like, it, was, it was so funny because uh, I... <laughs> I remember because I had rented this studio. We're in All Rock Studios right now. Oh, shout really? out, shout out to Dre. I had rented the studio for a podcast yeah. the day before. You guys were doing a remote. Um, That's right. You came Volkswagen by. or something. Yeah, and I dropped by. off the keys. Yeah. yeah. And but first, before I came by, he's like, "Yeah, I'm here, but I'm with E." And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "Are you guys cool?" I'm like, "Dre, what are you talking about?" I love Dre. I'm like, "Yeah, we're he's why such wouldn't a good we? dude. He is. He's, he's honestly one of the most selfless." Uh, good people that I've ever met. And like, I've known him since, man, 07 ish around yeah. there, right? Cause we were both in the hip hop scene. Yeah. But he's always been willing to help. And he's so mindful of other people's he, feelings. He is. And he's, he's, if you ask him for critique, he will tell you exactly what he, th so. you think, uh, he thinks you can do. But yeah. but yeah, that's funny, man. Because when he asked me that, I was like, I think. Yeah, that's my bad, bro. <laughs> I cross stories. No. DJ names were intertwined yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It Maybe they were similar. Could I don't have, know. Hey, there was another wheel there too. I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but anyways, let's get back to the. Sorry, uh, no, no, you're good. That, I told you we're gonna bounce around, man. But I love this. Yeah, it's great. But uh, so that competition again. Yep. I remember being out outside of United yeah. Two, and I, I want to say it was with like in the smaller studio. It was. Thing? It was in. The first ownership hands, yeah. the first building, the original. That's right. Yeah. I had gone no there creek. for, uh, funny enough, this is weird how this all comes full circle. I was in a group called The Strangers. Okay. And I was the DJ and I would help make the beats and write the songs. The MC, his name is Steady Rock, still a great friend of mine. He was doing freestyle stuff for Dog em Out, which Dre hosted oh, yeah. in that old building. That's right. So that was, yeah, I had been there. But I remember going there again. Uh, not to. That's so go. cool. You were there, bro. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, and I remember because I remember Sale because, mm -hmm. um, oh, damn, I'm gonna Vortex. Uh -huh. Sale had been at Vortex, and that's the only club you can get in when you're under 21, right? Mm -hmm. So I would go hang out there from time to time, um, but I didn't know you, yeah. and I was like, nobody did. Holy shit! <laughs> no <laughs> fuck is that guy? <laughs> I love you. Bro. Yeah. Thank you, man. But, you know, I was just a fan and I was a kid and I, I was yeah. uh, timid to even reach out to anybody. That changed a little bit later. But at that moment, I remember being like, and wow. to, And to connect those stories, so this competition was maybe not even a year after I got back into it, when I got the equipment. Man. Um, and it was, once again, my first introduction to Serato was why I was able to do the set I could. Mm. I would not have been able to do what I did yeah. without Serato. There was no way to do that with vinyl. Yeah. And especially at my skill level at the time. Um, and I think that's also what, like, I can proudly say, like, I was proud. I was you. Yeah. I really treated it as, like, this is a shot. This is a real competition. I got, right. I, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know any DJs personally out here. I was also starstruck. 
I was just excited to meet other DJs yeah. who actually did this for real. Yeah. I was excited to meet the people I'd hear on the radio mm-hmm. and just to be considered. And it was crazy because I didn't enter. I got found on MySpace. Holy shit. That's how I got invited <laughs> to do it. MySpace. And it was like, this is the funnier part about this story that I've never said. Apparently, they already had chosen a winner. Oh, I'm sure Sayo I found out a year later. <laughs> yeah. But then they thought they just were like, oh, this guy, he's an Orem. He's just going to be a fill-in because we need another DJ. Right, right. That was the story they told me a year later. But then, you know, I ended up winning it. Mm. And so apparently, like, a couple of the guys were really mad because they were told they were going to win it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, um, oh, yeah, that's the, like, that's the funny. funniest like, detail I've never seen. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> That's great. We're dropping gems with Will. Wonder, I love that. You know what I'm I saying? That. He's got the exclusive one. Yeah. Handsome Hands, who were you talking to at the time, That's bro? Right. Fuck. Who'd That's you tell right. they was going to win? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I'm so happy to hear you were there. Yeah. And that we got to share like this kind of thing together. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would like, I had later. hair then. You know what I'm saying? So you wouldn't have uh, wow. realized. You know, <laughs> Yo, you were in a group. It was a, it was yeah. a whole it's different chapter. Different time in my life. Hell you yeah. Know what I mean? Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> So you win that competition. Yeah. Um, you, you, I, I would assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're doing some on-air stuff, remotes. Okay, so this is the truth, right? Out of the blue, get the DM, all right? Come be in this contest. You get to DJ for 30 minutes on the air at like 10 p.m. on mm-hmm. Monday. Everyone out, the other three get to DJ, right? Same thing the nights after you. We all gather on the Friday outside the station. Yeah. Name the winner. And then... You win a job. That's all that was told to me. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, cool. Hell yeah. And I'm in. Yeah. And I got to tell my shift supervisor at Target, <laughs> you know, I'm going to need to not close this night. Right, right, right. right. Um, and uh, so then when I win, I'm like, okay, so what does this mean? And it's not even a job. Yeah. It's like, well, we'll make you an independent contractor and you can do remotes. Right. And I was like, all right, That's all right, cool. cool. And because to me, it was like, yo, like, I couldn't already believe that I won something like that. I couldn't believe that, like, you know, the the poetic sea in the morning <laughs> raised my hand. Yeah. Like, he was holding my hand, bro, yeah. and told me I was the winner that night. And that meant everything to me, especially because, you know, leading up to that part in my story, right? It's like, I believe I'm just gonna be an hourly employee for the rest of my life right and i'm just gonna hope to god you know that we could mm. pay the bills um and then even you know that's why i was so also susceptible to like i'm not gonna say it's a shitty deal but it's just like no deal right it's yeah. just like hey now you get to prove yourself some more exactly <laughs> right yeah, yeah. and uh, that's like radio right like, yeah. that's really radio and um so i i was still so just okay i'm gonna maximize the situation i'm gonna be I'm going to be the guy that says yes to everything they ask me to do because I want to see where this can go. Mm-hmm. And I did that for nine months. I did uh, just every remote, every car dealership, yeah, you know, pop up I right. could. Haunted houses, and it paid all that. a whole fifty dollars, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then you get taxed because it's like ten ninety nine, right? So it's really fifteen dollars. Yeah, yeah. Right. For real. And I'm driving up for Orem, right? And everything yeah. when it comes to radio is in Salt Lake, yeah. right? So. Um, yeah, so that was mm. nine months of that until, uh, the program director at the time, um, approached me at a remote okay. and was like, Hey man, like, um, I really love how creative you are. Right. With, you know, we give you, we give you a list and not only can you follow it, but you can make it fun and different, which is very challenging. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think something they were missing, no yep. disrespect to the guys who obviously paved the way before yeah. me at that station, that brand that means so much to me. Um, those guys will forever be, you know, OGs to me. Um, so I don't want this to get misconstrued, right? Yeah. But I do think that because their reactions were the same to me as well. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple guys on there, you know, who were OGs who were kind of like, what makes you so fucking special, right? right. Like they were kind of upset, right? Yeah. That like, I, I'm this guy who no one knows at all, you yeah. know, doesn't, has never done a club in his life, like yeah. any of it, right? And um, I think what I'm so grateful for is once again, going back to like the influences growing up with DJing and what it became for me and the style I developed mm -hmm. was unique to that situation at the time. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There wasn't, their DJs weren't doing what I was doing mm -hmm. at the time. And then DJing caught up. Yeah. You know, which is great. Yeah. I think it's great. What is the transition like to just doing the remotes to becoming yeah. more of an on-air talent? Yeah. So, okay. Yes. Yeah, sorry. So it, so he approached me and was like, Hey, do you want to do our first ever Drive time, prime time, Monday through Friday, mix. Because this done mixing. Cruise? Who is this? Is this, uh, this was Brian Michael. Okay. Yep. Um, Kevin worked under him. Okay. Yep. At the time, in the first ownership. Yep. Um, and so um, he approached me and was like, "Hey, let's. You know, do you want to do this?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah. When? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when? And that was also like he gave me that feedback. Like he was like, "You're so dependable." Like like. We know you'll say yes, you know what I mean? And yeah. to like to a fault, it kind of hurt my career in other ways, which we can probably get into <laughs> later. But um, it's, uh, yeah, man, I was just asked to do an hour, Monday mm. through Friday. Um, I was just grateful to like be able to go and try this and do it. Um, I did that for many years. As a matter of fact, the whole first ownership, that's all I did. Mm. So I was still just considered a contractor. Wow. Got paid a $10 an hour fee. Once a day my for God. five days a week. Yeah. And I was dedicating that time. I was leaving my one job, go do that because they were cool at Target and they were like, go do it, you know, yeah. all good, come back close, you know. Yeah. Um, and then that turned into a couple clubs calling out of the blue like a year later mm -hmm. asking, you know, oh, hey, we hear you on the radio. We come do this. That started my kind of club career. Um, and then it wasn't until the second ownership, and we're talking, now eight years in, yeah. That um, programming staff changed, and it made way for a way for me to become a full time employee in the programming department. Mm. So that was the transition, right? I really it just started as DJing a show one hour every afternoon. I didn't even talk on the mic ever. Yeah, that first eight years. I remember. I remember hearing you DJing, but yeah, never the voice. Yeah, and. Um, and it's crazy to think, man, like say all this out loud. Sorry, it's just a lot of. Oh, yeah. I it's, mean, a, it's a lot for me too because I, you know, I broke up with it last year. Yeah. And it's still, you know, to this day, something I'm like learning to grow out of. Yeah. You know, because it was like 17 years it's of dedication. Lot. And like I told you, when it's like the first eight, it's just passion driving it. Yep. Um, uh, it's, it's touchy points, but it's good points. And it's great to say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. You get into the, uh, you know, you said kind of like a, a, when do you move to that program director role? Because yeah. you did that twice? Or, uh huh. Okay. So the first time yeah. around. Mm -hmm. So it started at the second ownership. Okay. Um, and I was just the assistant program director for about a year. And then I got the opportunity to become the program director right when we were getting sold to Broadway. 
and okay. they came into the third ownership in the third building. Um, and so, yeah, my full-time career started in programming there. My question for you with that is obviously coming in, uh, like you had said, a guy that nobody knew the, yeah. uh, of the, we'll just say the boys, right? Sure. The boys don't know. Yeah. You get on, you're working your way up, working, working, working. You become a program director. Yeah. What is that like going from being essentially one of the boys at that time? Because I'm assuming yeah. eight years into it, you, you well, grow relationships. And, but how do you go from that to management? It was eye-opening. Yeah. And it hurt relationships, I'm to sure. be real. Yeah. Um, the DJ community can be a very, you know, uh, prideful place. <laughs> <laughs> Me at 26. Me too, though. Like, yeah, all of yeah, us, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all good, right? Yeah. Like, I'm glad we, we're mature enough to talk about this oh, shit, yeah. right? Because it's truthful. And there, you know, you also, I think in, in life, like, you know, some, sometimes you just grow apart from people. And sometimes, sure. you know, people are on different paths and different levels to this, right? And mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can imagine in any work situation, right? Coming from, I kind of hinted, right? Like, there was already in that DJ, you know, group, like, why? You yeah, know? yeah. And then it, I gained the respect, you yeah. know, through doing the show, through being who I am, not being a dickhead egomaniac mm -hmm. like some DJs can be, right? Sure. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I remember very specifically um, one of the OGs um, pulled me aside after they announced I became the assistant program director. Mm. We had the meeting, right? And they announced it to these guys. And one guy pulled me aside and was like, you know, that was supposed to be me. And I said, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I was just like, I mean, what like, the fuck do you say? Like, I really just said sorry. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, first of all, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't, I was not told this, right? Like, it wasn't like I knew what everyone's paths were at the time. Like I told you, I had never even had a real contract until eight years later. Yeah. So those first eight years was just an hour a day of interaction. That's all I knew. Yeah. I didn't attend the team meetings. I wasn't invited to the, you know, the the jock dinners yet. Sure. None of that, bro. Like yeah. this was just like my it was like day one. And but you know, growing, growing to who I am like to, to where I am today mentally with just how I look at situations and learn from them. Um, I also think that's a natural human reaction, right? Yeah. And being upset in your own situation, right? And maybe taking it out on people around you mm -hmm. um, to a certain extent. But also just also, you know, I also respect people who like aren't afraid to say how they feel. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, I think I've also grown and learned how to become that more for myself. And um, yeah, man. So yeah, there was some friction for sure. There was yeah. some upsetness. Um, and it, you know, it, it, it fractured a lot of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. For, for people that are watching this that don't truly understand the role of a program director, there's a lot that goes into it, but just could you give like a basic yeah. overview of what that is? I mean, so it's like, you know, the, the person in charge of the station. Yeah. Right? The brand. Mm -hmm. So that's from staffing to um, sales and marketing, um, promotions, to um, um, scheduling the, the, the music, 
selecting records, rotations, uh, maintaining uh, relationships with partners like record labels and artists and managers, creating shows. Mm -hmm. um, it's really like, you know, it's like in retail, right? It's like the store manager. Yeah. That's what the program director is for yeah. radio. Yeah. Explain a little bit because, you know, you always had the people who, uh, and I, when I was young, 14, 15, was this way too, where you'd be like, I'm hearing the same music yeah. every hour. Like I, I Believe it or not, guys, that's the number one complaint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, for real. So why is, you know, just for people to understand yeah. why that is. So that's, <laughs> you know, I only like sigh because it's um, something I battled with. Yeah. Because when you think about DJ culture, it's about breaking. <laughs> it's about introduction. Yeah. It's about teaching. Yeah. And like shows you mentioned on that podcast, right? Mm -hmm. On that episode where you talk about the Baker Boys. You yeah. you, you, you're talking about Funkmaster Flex. Mm -hmm. Um there was obviously a, 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 a program director who was brave enough to allow and let DJs be DJs. I come from that cloth. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. That's what won me the gig. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Was, was being that. So at the same time, it's interesting to think about, right, and talk about it because um, that was always a struggle for years and years and years was like, why does radio have to be this way? Well, I had to learn why. Mm -hmm. And... Just like most things, you know, um, capitalism, right? Like yeah, making yeah, money, yeah, right? Yeah. Like uh, the business aspect can fuck up the artistic part. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, radio became very repetitive because of where the rating system came into play and how it came into play mm. and what data it brought to the table and convinced people who own and run these stations and programmers across the country. Um, they're basically being told that people only listen to radio. Even back when I know I used to record radio for hours because there were mix shows right, yeah, that yeah. I listened to back at home um, that I would tune in specifically and hit record on my yep. boombox. Um, and in hip hop, right, especially in hip hop culture, like you just know like how much we love this shit that we will tune in longer than what a fucking device or whatever you want to say right. or whatever conglomerate like Nielsen will tell Mm -hmm. who also does ratings for like TV and other things, right? Um, the rating system, I, I blame for the, the death of a lot of creative and radio. Yeah. So yes, um, there's, there's a system at play that the analytics tell you, well, it don't, people only tune in like this, only in their car. And I think a lot of that's somewhat true now. Sure. In today's market wor in world, yeah, but um, it didn't used to be that way. It used to not be that, and it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, I don't believe today that radio has to be that way. Yeah, and that was always my vision was to like change it, mm -hmm. to make it not like that. And that's so yeah. So that's why I sigh because I heard everyone telling me that. Yeah. right? <laughs> I'm that. I say yeah. that. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're sick of it. You think I, I'm there 10 hours a day. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta hear, hear the same this shit. fucking song 12 <laughs> times a day. You know what I'm saying? Real. And especially even when you check in at night, yeah. like make sure everything's going so, fine. So do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. because the analytics would say, well, you only have this much time. Mm -hmm. You have to play the biggest records, the hits, yeah. the analytically big, you know, popping yep. records. 
um, that distorted now, you know, a yeah. lot of the theory and a lot of how they program. And so I was really, I came in, <laughs> really, I, I like to say at kind of the wrong times. Mm. Like, I should have had the shot earlier right. when things were more open and yeah. more understanding to like not listening to a piece of paper or a machine telling you what yeah. you know, yeah. this shit should be. And that's why radio is so repetitive because they're like, well, if only people are tuning in every 10 minutes, how are they going to hear that song unless we play it every hour? <laughs> and isn't that like the stupidest fucking yeah. like theory yeah. ever? Yeah. Because <laughs> oftentimes the ones that are really checking in, sure, you have people driving to work. Yes people driving home, maybe on their lunch hour. Mm -hmm. But if you're listening to the radio, mm -hmm. like if you're really listening mm -hmm. and like me as a 14-year-old kid, you're like, I heard this uh, 45 minutes ago. In a world where you can literally now pull up any song you want it, in seconds, yeah. in a world now where you have it in your pocket all the time, yeah, where we as DJs wished we could find that one record that you heard. <laughs> And you don't even know what it's called because there's no Shazam. Yeah. There's no Google. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just wrote down the lyrics real quick, like mm -hmm. some of it, <laughs> and you're hoping you're going to catch it. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. Um, what a time. Yes. That is why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and I mean, and you have to answer to the people that own this company. Yes. Sorry. Yes. So that's a, you <laughs> yeah. know, on no, top yeah. of all of that shit, yes. they're the ones looking at these yeah. numbers, not really... And to be fair, they may be older. They may be people that don't even really fuck with radio, that Bro. just have money. Bro. You know what that I'm saying? That is and, what's happening. And don't understand hip-hop mm -hmm. as a whole. Yeah. Uh, maybe Sugar Hill Gang. What's crazy <laughs> is like, so let me give you an example, right? The rating system at per, before I became a program director mm -hmm. was totally different and all the biggest hip-hop stations, like you mentioned, like Hot 97, yeah. right, were at the top. Yeah. Then when the rating system switched, the data put them at the bottom, That's out wild. the gate. Yeah, and it's because it just they totally changed the philosophy and how they're gathering the data. Mm. And so, of course, passion culture-driven brands that are more about lifestyle and mm -hmm. culture are going to fall at the wayside in yeah. that kind of system. Yeah, because once again, um, to be fair. Justin Bieber, right? One of the biggest artists on the planet, mm -hmm. especially at one point in time, right? Yeah. Um, of course, like you said, these old guys in suits who subscribe to these tools, yeah. right? And are being told like, well, he's the biggest hit maker. You know, that starts to distort those yeah. places. Yeah, their grandkids are listening to mm -hmm. Bieber. They're 13-year-old. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I get it. That's tough. It's a tough uh, position to be in. And um, it was also an amazing experience. That's what I want to get to, like, because obviously there's the business side of things yeah. that f yeah can or which which anyone who's like really into art, like like I am, like <laughs> you're just always gonna hate that, right? Yeah, like, yeah, right? yeah. I'm probably killing all my next week interviews right now. <laughs> This but, doesn't come out till February, okay, so hopefully great. you get the okay, job. Okay, great. Hopefully I get it first, yeah. and then they'll find yeah, this yeah, and then fire me. Like, oh, at, least I, at least I got a check. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> File for unemployment afterwards. Correct. <laughs> uh, yes, but they're, they're at the same time, and I don't. I, I mean this with all humbleness. Like, look at my Instagram. All the all the moments I got to as a fan, right? A, yeah. A lover of, like, bro, coming from a place in my life where. I never thought in a million years DJing could even 
be remotely a profession or something that mm-hmm. would lead into this, let alone then become doors are opening and you get to walk through them as a fan, but also as someone who is a brand where like you get to like actually make an effect. Yeah. You know, that was the things I loved, right? Mm-hmm. The art, the art part of it was, you know, really being able to connect that and like, and then, you know, break those artists. And yeah. so, yeah, I got, I got to, you know, be in rooms that I never thought I could be in. I, I oh, the, what comes to mind is like, I got to go to like the cash money records, like actual like room at the label where the long desk and yeah. a phone at the end and they got all the plaques of all the cash money millionaire shit and yeah. all the, you know, the classic artwork, right? Right, like, right. Uh, we, we, me and a, me and a friend at the label at the time, we snuck in and, and I got to be, it, those are the kind of experiences that I'm so grateful, yeah. right? That like, just as a fan of this shit, yeah. like I got to like have little parts. That's a, that's a great transition into what I wanted to ask cool. next is, yeah, you, you know, I, I think of the times I've DJed and trying to keep it cool when you're around people that you look up yeah. to. And especially on really high levels, yeah. You know what I mean. Um, if if and you've done you you've met so many people in your time in radio again, sixteen, seventeen years. Maybe you could share a story or two sure. of just some some times where you were like, "Wow, this is wild." So uh, one that comes to mind right away is when I met Anderson Pack, but also Sway in the same oh hour. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that that was crazy, right? Because uh one, I, I've been an early Anderson Pack like diehard fan. Yeah. Knew just like his 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 artistry and just the music he creates is and just his abilities, right? Like yeah. his drumming ability alone. Mm-hmm. Not even Incredible. just his voice. And he could also spit, you know, yeah. and just, you know, really obviously is is a student of this. Yeah. You know. Um and it really wasn't even the Anderson part; it was the Sway part. Oh yeah, as a in radio, yeah, forget about for it. For Sway, the the Sway part was crazy because we were we were basically in line to say hi to him, and it was on a rooftop at this like uh, his album release, mm. Anderson's album release, and because I ran into Sway, I got to tell him how much he meant to me mm-hmm. and how much he really inspired inspired a lot of it early inside of me and i i mentioned all his career points including when he was doing radio locally in the bay Mm. before mtv right um and he cried damn and i cried wow and then he gave me the biggest hug and we exchanged info and um i could tell even at his level, right, which is just through the stratosphere, right? Everyone knows who Sway yeah. is. And he's always just stood for something so good mm-hmm. and, like, real. Um, even in those, like, situations where conglomerate, right? Like I mentioned earlier, right? Um, to be able to tell him that and then him reciprocate and, like, really say, like, wow, man, that's yeah. really fucking crazy. And I'm touched by that, you know? Because I was the PD at the time. And, and in the industry, that's a, it, it is a big deal to yeah. be a PD. Because you're like one of how many stations on the panel, which is 50 total across the country, that actually affect if they get a number one record, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If people actually will stream their shit in, you know, at certain times, right? Not always. It doesn't sure. dictate, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. it influences and adds to their their success. Yeah. And so, you know, to be able to be in that role at that moment, in that day, and I met both of them like that, and then be able to have that 
forever. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. There's so many. Another one is yeah. Chappelle. I, I just oh, want to say. Oh, shit. It. Okay. Well, you're just going to do that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I got the DJ for Dave Chappelle. And it was, um, it was at a Bravana Hall. Mm. And um, it was like crazy because it was like a test show. He wasn't even planning on doing it. Oh, wow. He had just got back into touring. Okay. After that huge you yeah, know, sabbatical. Yeah. yeah. And so he was testing markets. And so because they were obviously crossing over, you know, Vegas to whatever, mm-hmm. um, they were like, well, let's try in Salt Lake. And so his team reached out to like record label execs and people they, they trust to like tell them like, who should we hire to DJ this? Because obviously this isn't planned. So he can't bring his normal DJ right. to this. We're just going to do this. Uh, who, who can DJ? And my name came up. And so they hit me out of the blue, his team, and we're like, hey, you want to come? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so it was literally two days later we were doing it. And because that wow. sh- they announced it like Monday evening and it sold out in like oh, yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. And um, I will never forget that because, one, I was, you know, I've always been a huge Dave Chappelle fan. Right. But I also like have similar interests in hip hop mm-hmm. taste wise that Dave does. Yeah. So it was like a perfect thing for like perfect challenge. Yeah. It was like, oh shit, like now I get to curate an opening set for Dave and then he's gonna come out to it. He's gonna hear all this. That's you know incredible. what I mean? Yeah. And then what I didn't anticipate was as I was packing up, he came out. And if y'all think I'm lying, you can hit up Latu because mm-hmm. he was with me. Okay. He comes out of the blue, out of the curtains, out of nowhere as I'm packing up all my shit. And then we got to have like an hour-long conversation. Oh, that's great. And then it almost led to an after party in his hotel. Mm, shit. <laughs> this manager stopped it. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but um, I also, like, uh, the truth is I get very uncomfortable about, I feel like I'm like bragging. Yeah. And I don't want to come off that way. Um, I'm not like a name dropper type person. Yeah. I hate those kind of people. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I just know that, like you know, if you're about this shit, you, you you'll appreciate these stories. One thousand um, percent. And so I, I hope that's made clear. You know, like, yeah. I'm so thankful for that moment because once again, that's another moment that I'll just cherish forever. And I have a little photo in my, you know, studio space in my basement mm-hmm. of all these key moments that um, I'll have forever. Yeah. When you write your book, bro, <sighs> think about the. Again, being buying your first turntable at 14, what it leads to, you selling your turntables, coming you know, to Utah. Utah, who would have thought Utah had a hip-hop scene? You know what I mean? Bro. You coming from... The- oh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I want to say this right now. Um, yeah, I, I came into the market not really in a music, you know, kind of like vibe, Mindset, right? Yeah. But as I started DJing, you know, out here... I learned very quickly how dope the hip hop community is in Utah. Yeah. And how like honestly ki- like kids kids out here know more about hip hop than kids I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like for real. Yeah. Like I really learned a whole lot more about the underground hip hop scene because of the community here, mm. not anywhere else I lived. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so Put some respect on yeah. that, man. Utah knows. Yeah, that's what I try to push. Like, there are people here that love it and that are really entrenched in the culture. And and actually could, are doing things behind the scenes you don't even know. Yeah. And have produced or recorded exactly. just, you know, in their studio. Yeah. People don't know. Yeah, it's beautiful. 
One question I want to ask you about, and, and, and I had struggled with this a lot as a DJ, um, the highs and lows. Mm-hmm. You DJ for Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and at, at that point in your career, you may have been more comfortable with it. And you may have been able to go home and just be like, all right, I'm going to head to bed now. But a lot of younger DJs, and I suffered with this so much, where you have a great show or whatever it may be, or someone comes through and it's, you know, a, a, a famous person and they give you love. And then you go back to your yeah normal shit. Like, mm-hmm. how did you find a way to handle that? Because it's not easy. That's, you know, what's wild, bro, is like, I think it was easy. Really? Because I think for me, it was never about like, oh, I get to post and say I'm, I'm DJing for Dave Chappelle. Oh, sure, sure. No, it was like, holy shit, I get to <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so like. I slept good because yeah. it was like, holy shit, I just did that. Got it. And, I, and that was amazing. Yeah. But it was never like, oh, now I got to, you know, go back, go work it. my retail job again or, yeah. you know, because there were highs and lows, speaking of highs and lows. Yeah. There were highs and lows even through my career in radio, which was my full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where then I had to go back and work like other jobs, you know, and like throughout my life. Got it. That I, I've never even talked about, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, just, just life, right? Yeah. Like, um, and clubs, Come and go, yeah. And people lose their sure licenses. <laughs> and when you're banking all your money into that, you know, you got to start thinking other ways. And um, so, yeah, man, I, I, I've always, I, I guess, in a way, it's like it's never been about that for me. So, okay, it, I, I don't think of it from that perspective. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like grateful, awesome, dope. Yeah. Will hopefully that will hopefully lead to the next thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was, you know, it's funny though you say that because you're right. Like. It was definitely weird to like sometimes go from like, you know, playing at USANA Amphitheater with like Wayne and Drake's tour, right? Yeah. And then going and playing like a shithole bar. <laughs> yeah. Where the one asshole That's comes up fair. asking for the same That's song. That's fair, yeah. right? Yeah, like the highs and, okay. the highs and lows that, of that aspect. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Because, yeah, that did feel a little weird sometimes. <laughs> Not all the time, yeah. but like it was kind of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So my tab is 120, yeah. Yeah. and then I'm, yeah. get, I'm getting paid what? Okay, yeah, exactly. fuck it. All right, what's exactly. up? Good exactly. Yeah. But hey, all good. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah it's just all part good. of the game. Part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't want to fast forward too much through your career at U92, but yeah. within the last, so last, uh, last year, mm-hmm. and I remember, cause I remember Dre getting the, the job there. Right. Yeah. And I remember when he told me that you had stepped down and I was like, for me, you were such a, um, steady ship there, I guess it would be the best way to put it. You had always represented the brand for so long mm-hmm. when guys had come and gone. Yeah. I had a consistent Exactly. Um, existence yeah. and participation, no matter what it was. Right. Yeah. So I thought to myself, well, what happens to this now? And I mean, I don't want to go into like where it's at now, right? Because mm-hmm. we all uh, have opinions on that. Sure, but, sure. But what, what ultimately made you want to say, and if you're not comfortable with talking about it, that's fine. But what made you want to say, okay, I th- I'm leaving, so it was a multitude of, of reasons. Um, some of the ones that really kind of are at the top. Um, some of it was what I kind of hinted to before. Yeah. Which was my struggle and um, 
with the system and the the lack of like allowance. Got it. Um, to me, because I'm such a like don't want to be put in a box about this mm-hmm. and about what I am and as a DJ and as a musician, whatever, right? Um, it was really hard putting in that much time and then feeling like, nope, you're still in the box. Mm. And then there was also a lot of moments that happened that like I went into a very dark place the last couple years of that. Got it. Um, because stuff like getting demoted and then someone who really you knew on every level despised you and couldn't wait to get in there mm. to fuck your shit up yeah. and like pay back. <laughs> I went through that. I won my way out of that to the second chapter, mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier. But then when I did that, upper management changed. Yeah. And it became all about only the business side. And I'm not saying that's not important. Yeah. Because what offended me too was that they didn't respect me enough to understand that I am a businessman and I know what this capability is even at a profitable level and a selfish level corporate-wise, right? Well, you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. How wouldn't you? And yeah. it, it was just like disrespect after disrespect from that point on that I tried to endure and I endured it for a long time. And it's made me a better person in so many ways. I could say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, I think to sum it up, it's like, I felt like I came in at wrong times. My times were at wrong times. It was with wrong management. It was with wrong people at the top who were able to say yes or no. Yeah. And I would get no. Got it. And then even beyond that, it was also like, you know, you mentioned older generations, right? And I'm the first person to say I don't like to group people in just their ages because like you said, right, there's young people who have old souls mm-hmm. and, you know, we can learn so much from people after us yeah. at the same time. But I definitely dealt with some closed-mindedness, I'll say, to okay. put it nicely. Um. For example, you know, the only minorities when I left were on my station. Mm, Yeah. No other department. I mean, maybe one in one other, like engineering. Mm -hmm. But there was just, to put it as kindly as I can. You can talk to shit. There was like (laughs) so much other shit that bothered me. Yeah. And I just... I let it happen in a way to myself. Yeah. And it started to happen to other people, right? But we just kept banding together, right, as a group and just being like, it's okay, we can handle this. We'll get through this. There will be a day. But once you're pushed beyond and then it starts to affect you, um, for example, right before I left, I had an RSL game I was going to and I had the worst anxiety attack and I didn't know what it was. Mm. I felt like I was having a heart attack and I was dying. While I was driving on I-15, I had to pull over. I had to call my guy at our cell. I cannot come to this game. I'm going to the emergency room. Like, Mm. um, unfortunately, that's just a little taste of like where everything had gone. Okay. 
So it was, you know, it's also crazy to say this all out loud because obviously I could look back and be like, oh, well, I wish I did this or that, or I wish I made this, you know, or maybe I should have come out. No, because at the end of the day, it is what it is, right? And um, I left on my terms. And it also, you know, when you do that and you're brave, you finally have that bravery to like stick up for yourself and let go, even when there's so much good perks, right? We just talked about all that, right? The experiences, all that, right? That's hard to let go. Yeah. You know, and walk away from. Also knowing that there's like limited outlets of that type in this market. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the, one of the hardest things I ever did. I'm glad I did it. I'm thankful for every experience that it brought. There's so much more positive than the negative that I'm bringing up. Right. Um, and like I said, I think it was just wrong place, wrong time, wrong people, wrong this. But also decisions I made. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, absolutely also understand. I hope it doesn't come off that I'm saying like, I blame yeah, because it's both ways and I've made many mistakes and I wish I could turn back time in a lot of ways in a lot of those mm-hmm. situations. But yeah, man, it was, uh, it was for my health, even at the detriment of like, you know, livelihood. Yeah. Um, yeah, <sighs> that's tough. Yeah, being being in a in a position or at a company, I've never worked at one company for sixteen years. Got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ever? Yeah. Uh, I'm in the tech world, and in this world, you just hop from shit to sh- you know job to job. Yeah, I got homies. Yeah, that, yeah. And do very well doing that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's and part of the game. My yeah, my dad and, and brother make fun of me. They're all you know my brothers. What do you 10 do in the old. tech industry? If you don't let me ask, you. I've never asked you. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do renewals for a, for a okay. cybersecurity company. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So I, I get advertised all the time for those boot camps and all that, and yeah. I'm so tempted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, then I look at how much it is. I'm like. Got to get the other full-time job first. <laughs> yeah. For do real. This. For real. Um, but being at one place yeah. for 16 years, in a sense, like, I, I, for, for lack of a better term, institutionalized into that yeah. life, yeah. you're done. What's the next day like? Uh, so it was like... <laughs> <laughs> it was wild, right? Because it was like um, all my favorite parts, right? Um, the connection I'd built over the years and years and years uh, with listeners, with supporters. Mm. Um, and I still to this day will get a DM or a comment. As a matter of fact, that DJ Day comment, I did, there was one um, woman who was like, why aren't you on anymore? Mm. I get it to this day. Wow. And um, so, yeah, so you can imagine, right? Like the next day was tough, man. It was like, a lot of it was it was love and hurt you know at the same time um and then it was also like (laughs) obviously a huge change for us as a family yeah you know um i'm so i gotta i gotta shout out my wife brie um who i know you you can understand this and people listening and watching can understand like man our partners right people who who love you and like have to deal with this shit with you even yeah. they're not part of it or they shouldn't have to but they right. they are because they're your person right like uh you can imagine right like uh the stories she had to hear and the pillow talks we had over the years mm-hmm. and so she really um gave me also a huge part of that courage 
to be able to like walk away and 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 leave something like that and then also say like you know we can we can do this and i got us man you know like um so i gotta shout her out yeah because she she really i give her that credit like she gave me that she finally gave me a way out man when I felt like I couldn't, you know, because yeah. money's money and we all know. Yeah, you, know? you needed to live, unfortunately. Yeah. You didn't live a life of... Yeah, uh, and at the time, too, I also was in a deep depression about DJing. And I never never said this out loud also. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, part of, like, when um, radio, ch- the, the programming changed and I had to, you know, step back... Um, Part of that change was like making sure because that person knew that I'm a DJ and that's what brought me in. Yeah. And so we were mixing all over the place at that point. Yeah. We were mixing an everyday part. Every day. Yeah. And then to bring all the DJs in and fire all them at once in front of me mm. and you know, puff up your chest and act like, oh yeah, you're gonna hate this shit. And you're never going to DJ on this radio station again. That was part of that experience that I went through. Ugh. And so, for you know, you can imagine, right? Like, I'm a DJ. God. So now you're, you're taking away my identity. Yeah. And so the, even though people stuck with me, I wasn't DJing on the air. Mm-hmm. I was DJ Rocklips, not DJing on the yeah. air for years. And so, yeah, there was like... <laughs> The next day w- was hard because it was like this realization of so many things like, damn, like I put my love and everything aside. Yeah. And it wasn't until I knew I was leaving that like I leaned back into it mm-hmm. and remembered that I, that's who I am. Yeah. So yeah, the, ne- the next day was crazy. And it's been like, I feel like it's still the next day today, but in a way, but um, it's been, I like to call... So I left in like end of April last year. So it's been what, seven months, something like that. I call it my seven months of like healing Mm. because I've had to really like take myself out of dark holes with so many demons like that. Um, And and thankfully, once again, like I said in the beginning, man, I love hip hop. Yeah. Um, Thanks to this art form, thanks to this shit that I I really am into and, and what brought me to all this in the first place. Um, amazing you can lean back in even yeah. if you've stopped you know yeah because you're so depressed over it and you know it, it makes you despise like you don't even want to get on the turntables you mm. know because you're so discouraged and you know so uh but i know it sounds crazy because now you look at all my stuff like you would think i never stopped yeah, yeah. you would think like the passion because it didn't you know yeah. it really didn't internally but yeah there was like that those last few years, I did not DJ. I didn't DJ out. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do anything with DJ. Tough. Except for just like when I finally like woke up and was like, okay, today, you know what? I fucking hate the sales department today, so I'm gonna lock my door and I'm just gonna create a routine today. <laughs> that's yeah, and that's what that's why like I love today yeah. and like where DJing has gone on the internet. Yeah, because like it's that's like what is feeding a lot of the of the culture online right now. Yeah. And so it's like, that's what I love. Like I love coming up with a little 60 second something Mm -hmm. because that's how I DJ. Like I have crates and crates, right. Of like little mini kind of trick sets that I can incorporate into my live shows, you know, that makes it more fun. And, um, and so I hope DJs, if you're watching, right. Like 
if you're if you're creating the content right now for the reels and all that and YouTube, don't forget to incorporate that into your sets. Yeah, for sure. Take that creativity and put it put it in there. That's what it's for. You should be doing that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that leads us to, you know, what are you doing now? What's up with E-Rock now <laughs> that you're not the 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 yeah. radio guy? Yeah. <laughs> so it's been fun, man. Like I said, I I've just um fallen all the way back in love with my passion so you know um now that i have a you know more free time um i've been able to refocus back into that so you know for example you know i mentioned earlier that i wasn't mixing right mm-hmm. i wasn't creating mixes i looked last year and i was so proud of the videos i made because you know when, when i did leave i was like okay i'm finally gonna listen to my friend dre <laughs> Right, Dre, Dre been telling me, "E, where the fuck is your shit? Why are you I, every you know once every three months ain't enough, bro, for me to see a video that you drop?" Yeah, like so. Then you know, I channeled all that energy into okay. Yeah, I'm gonna now not be shy. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna hit record. Like, why did I buy all these cameras? You know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm not gonna, you know, just do it yeah. and like create. So that's what I've been doing, man. I've just been like being as creative as I can. Um, it's led to, um, you know, I'm so thankful that um, I was able to get my name out there enough that even when, you know, I, you know, before I used to think I'm the radio guy, no, like I'm still getting booked organically in my DMs yeah. through people who know someone so and text me. Um, it's been beautiful to be able to fall all the way back into DJing and do it and make some money here and there, mm-hmm. bring in some checks, but then also have the time to be able to create and get these ideas out and off the ground. Um, I'll tell you right now, a lot of um, stuff I'm doing this year, like, so last year I made a goal to make a lot of videos and get my content up. I went from like no TikTok to like, okay, how do I get a TikTok? Yeah. What do I do? to growing it to where now I can go live on there, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to have a 1,000. And so there were a lot of those kind of goals last year. Got it. Then as I was going into this year, I was like, holy shit, the only mix I dropped was like when I'd go and DJ at RSL and record it. Yeah, which I love those, by the Thanks, way. Thanks, man. <laughs> and, um, and speaking of which, by the way, I brought you a gift. Oh, shit. It's your hip-hop head. Uh, shout out to my fam at Bumpbox in uh, Real Salt Lake. Uh, this is their wireless Ooh. Bluetooth speaker slash pager. Ooh. All right. Okay. And so you can link it to your phone. And so when someone calls you, it like it's like a beeper. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And you can play music <laughs> through it. I knew you would appreciate it. Oh, that. thank Come you, bro. On, I appreciate it. Thanks for the shirt, man. <laughs> Yo, grab, grab the Will Wonder merch, by the way. Yes. The shirt's off camera, but it's ill. Thank you. You need to get that. Man, um, I love that. That's um, no. But yeah, I'm still with RSL as well. Yeah. So I'm their official in-stadium DJ. I'm so grateful for that. This season will be my fifth season. Wow. Um, and that's also been a roller coaster. And oh, by the way, I want to shout them out because the week I broke up with radio, I had a game that weekend. And when I walked into the production area where I set up um, all the camera people, all the board operators, uh, the people who run the sound, who to the guy who you hear the voice of, you know, in the stadium, 
they were all standing there waiting for me and, and like applauded me. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Because they had heard what happened. And there's also like a breakup story with RSL and the owner of Broadway. Oh, yeah. You know, over yeah. the years. And um, so there's a lot of either ex employees as well, like me, mm-hmm. or just, you know, an affiliation of knowing what it could be like. Yeah. You know? Um, and they, they, um, they made sure I felt special that week, you know, and, and like that I was loved there. That's awesome. And that they, they, and, and, and it's because they, once again, they let me fly. Yeah. They don't tell me what to do there. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, we love what you do. Just do that. Yeah. You know? It's and, beautiful. And that's like, what you, DJs want. Exactly. Just freedom to be you. That's what DJs want. Yeah. You know? And so I'm still with them. Can't wait to start the next season uh, in March. Um, playing in front of like 23,000 plus every weekend for a season is like the most amazing experience. And it's not just like a bragging about the number. It's just knowing that you get to move that many mm-hmm. people. Um, and it's also like, you know, because I'm an 80s baby, of course, like, you know, in the Bay, especially, you know, I grew, I grew up watching football. I grew up watching basketball. I grew up watching baseball. I collected mm-hmm. the cards. Sure. And then I kind of, you know, fell off sports as like a priority, obviously, in my mm-hmm. life, you know, with the story I told. But like... Um, being able to like have a way into a pro sports like organization Crazy. through this, yeah. you know, like I'm the most unathletic person <laughs> on the planet, you know what I mean? Like the kid who never played sports in school and yeah. like did like band and choir, yeah. you know, like was a music person always. Like it's so crazy to like, um, it still blows my fucking mind that I'm part of like something like the MLS, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like it's crazy and, um, and it's so dope because, um, I'm now like reaching a new audience with that over the past five years. Um, um, And I also owe them a lot because it's like kept me DJing. Those years that I said I wasn't DJing, actually I was DJing at RSL. That was like my outlet. Got it. Um, So yeah, man, I'm doing that still. Um, Still doing, you know, private gigs, club here and there. But I just... I'm just like not as passionate about clubs as, as much. It's just well, where you, you are in your life. Come home at three AM and Yeah, you know, and it's, it's you know it's harder to like, you know, like I don't know, you get older, you wake up earlier, you know, shit happens. Yeah, exactly. you know? And no disrespect to the older DJs who are still killing it, you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, my knees and my shins, you know, don't like don't <laughs> like it. Uh and I, I like, you know, I think the other side too is like I'm a huge softie now, you know, being mm. a veteran girl dad, right? Like I can imagine. Um, and I, and and you know, I'm not saying it's only and it's not all clubs. It's not all nightlife, right? It's, but you know, it's like you start to think like, what are you contributing in, and what is it really doing, right? Yeah. And obviously, you know, we all have personal opinions, and you know, I just I've seen things, right? I've played at clubs where gunshots have gone off. Yep. I've Had to duck, right? Um, I've played at places and then heard later down the road or saw Google reviews that someone got raped or mm-hmm. hurt, you know, or killed. Yeah. Um, and so. I tend to gravitate towards, um, you know, my interests and what makes me happy. And like, you know, once again, uh, playing for ourselves, like, it's like a family event. Right. I could bring my five-year-old. Yeah. And she loves it, right? Yeah. And the fans love it. They hit me and they're like... Yo, we see Emma playing Roblox <laughs> next to you on the big, you know, the big, sh- you know, like. That's dope, man. Those are Those are the moments I love now. Yeah. You know, I love DJing for that shit. Yeah. You know, I also, like you said, I love that the gigs end at nine. <laughs> 
Get my I love old, daylight. Get my old ass in the bed at ten yeah. thirty and wake up at seven. Nothing wrong with that, dog. <laughs> yeah. Like I love that shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm open to more of it this year. So yeah. you know, if you're watching right now and you want to collaborate, you want to do something creative, something fun, yeah. a little jump off, whatever, man. Like, let's talk. You yeah. know, reach out because um, I'm available. Yeah. Um, I'm also, you know, uh, uh, still looking for other other avenues to go into. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got my LinkedIn right now, there you, you know, go. you know, like that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, like, um, this being with something for so long, like you're, you're out of the, like the game of like how to apply for jobs right. and like getting your resume correct. And like, especially how much it's changed in those bruh, years, bruh, once again, shout out to Brie. Like she's like <laughs> always been my professional, you know, yeah. partner. And, you know, she got me right. Like she yeah. was like, wait, you don't even have a LinkedIn, bro. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, MySpace? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. how I got the last job. Exactly. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I've just been, yeah, I've been, I, you know, trying to have conversations, yeah. applying for this and that. And um, uh, obviously my love for music still stands today. So, you know, I've, I've been looking at, you know, streaming platforms, mm -hmm. um, talking with people I know who know people there, trying to get interviews, you know, awesome. this and that. So, um, but right now, you know, it's, it's once again, the DJing has been at the forefront. Yeah. And also... Um, having the extra time to like, you know, part of my, part of my story was that we didn't talk about was my, my two older daughters, mm -hmm. um, at kind of the middle point of their ages, like they're probably like seven and 10, something like that. Um, their mom was able to move out of state. And so our relationship became long distance. Mm. And so I missed a lot of, um, moments, you know, as a father. Yeah. And this free time has um, really been beautiful in that aspect mm. because I now, you know, um, have a five-year-old, like I said, yeah. um, who's full-time with me, you know, and my wife. And I get to wake up with her every day and get her ready for school and yeah. get the cereal going and, you know, take her to swim and take her to dance and um, see her be a kindergartner and seeing her learn how to read for the first time mm. and, you know, that... Like, and I've been able to step up for our, you know, for me, for me, my wife as well, because she has a very demanding job and, Got it. um, and she's leveled up at the same time at the same like timeline. So it's almost like in a way, like been important that I've had this time, you know, yeah. to be able to, to, to be there for our daughter and, and do what I can do. That's awesome. Every, everything, so, uh, you know, people believe in different things. Uh, you know, some people are religious, some people aren't, some people are spiritual, some people aren't, but I, I truly believe things happen for a reason. Me too. You know what I mean? And for you to get those moments with your daughter now is, I mean, just being a father myself, my son being four, yep. like you, know. you want to hold on to him forever and it just, everything goes by so fast. Bro. So fast, bro. Yeah. I mean, she's, a, I mean, she's lost teeth. You know, like it's she's crazy. proud of her permanent team. Like, <laughs> it's wild, bro. Yeah. It's wild. But yeah, I've been, I've been, um, it's always, it's always been, um, my number one thing in my life is being a father, obviously. Yeah. Like I said, I made that choice, right? Yeah. I'm going to be a dad. Yeah. You know, at 17. Yeah. Um, and that's always been, uh, the best part of my life. And so, yeah, man, to, uh, have this in a way, quote unquote, second chance, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to waste it. Yeah. You no know? doubt. I love that. We're we're getting close to wrapping oh, okay. up, right? All right. I uh, what I want to do before I always ask these. Uh, I call it rapid fire. It's not rapid fire okay. questions. Okay. A lot of them need context, but before we do that, yeah, tell people where they can find you. Oh yeah, so just at Eroclips, E R O C K, 
A-L-Y-P-Z-E. I know it's the hardest thing to spell, <laughs> but it's also so unique. So you start typing some of the letters, it'll come it'll up. It'll pop up. It right? just pops up. Um, I, I, I like to post on uh, Instagram um, and YouTube, um, also on SoundCloud. Um, I'm on Twitter. I don't have a Facebook. Uh, I also have a TikTok, and it's all Perfect. the same. Easy. Um, easy yeah. enough. Yeah, man. All right, these questions uh, usually start out easy, right? So the first one, you have 24 hours to live. What's your final meal? That's hard because I love food. Yeah, Um, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And um, and by the way, I don't want to call the oom some snooty foodie. (laughs) Nah, man, I love. I ate a Totino's on the way here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love food. You know what I mean? Like, uh, my last meal. I, I would say it would have to be um, a Filipino dish called uh, nilaga, which is like a it's like a soup with 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 uh, with beef and like it's like a, it's like a stew kind of. Okay. But it's like got got a real broth to it, um, and Filipinos eat everything on white rice, mm. so there has to be a white rice element, like a jasmine rice or something like that. Okay. Um, and then some kind of Filipino dish, but that's hard for me to answer because I mean because that's comfort food. I think yeah, like in yeah. my last moment, I'd want comfort. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like, oh my God, there's just too much. There's too much deliciousness in the world, bro. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I love dim sum. You know, that would be probably like if they couldn't yeah. get that, you know? Yeah. A lot of shit. What are you drinking? <sighs> probably like a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be I love a little coffee. A yeah. little wired. I love before. teas. I love yeah. teas. Maybe okay. a tea or something. All right. Um, I'm not a huge alcohol drinker. Um, I, I suffer from uh, gout, oh, and okay, alcohol really aggravates it for me. That's like yeah. a real trigger. Um, I've, um, pinky up, uh, <laughs> like wine doesn't affect it as much. Oh, my, there you go. My, my wife's into wine, so we'll drink yeah. wine together. And, okay. but, uh, yeah, like anytime I get into beer or anything, unfortunately, as much as I like it. Got it. Yeah. It fucks me up. My father has that issue, but he just doesn't give a shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And believe me, I'm not supposed to be eating as much pork as I ate this week, but I just take a lot of pills. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Uh, next question. Favorite venue to DJ at? Oh boy, I'm 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 gonna say the RSL Stadium. Yeah, it's hard though because, like, for example, I have so many great memories. One of my favorite venues for my birthday parties was the Depot. Mm-hmm. It's just a good size. There's no Solid. bad place in the room. Yeah, it sounds good because it's small enough. Yeah. Um, and just so many me- memories made. I love that. So probably between those two. Okay. Yeah, yeah that works for me. Uh, three essential albums you think everyone should hear. <laughs> Can I pull my phone out? Yeah. I need some remembrance here. <laughs> it's been a lot of years, guys. You know, um, this is also a tough question for me only because, you know, it's like when people ask, who's your favorite yeah. artist? It's like, yeah, what? Yeah, for like, what mood? And, and what, what I am I looking for? I can't answer that. Yeah. Um, three albums. So, you know, I struggle between um, Midnight Marauders and The Low End Theory. Okay. Um, I don't know which one I like more. I love them both equally. Sure. So I think that probably takes up two. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, Tribe also to me means a lot because it was like, really, like I said, skateboarding introduced me to East mm-hmm. Coast hip hop and then like really, you know, the roots of this shit, you know, yeah. and like um, that sound 
just like was so different than what was happening in the West Coast at the time. Yep. So different and so funky and mm-hmm. soulful. And the just, jazz elements were out of the Yeah. Story. And yeah. that's that's where, you know, like I said, I came into hip hop a little later, you know, in my childhood. And I was exposed to like, you know, soul and jazz and mm. 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, so you know, to me, those are like forever albums for me because it really introduced me to a whole other side of hip hop. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, you put me on the spot, man. Because, you know, what's crazy is like radio, obviously, like when you're in programming, it pushes you into specific singles more than anything. Right. Um, and you start to lose time to be able to listen to albums. Mm-hmm. And believe me, this time I've had, I've used to like catch up Caught on, up. on yeah. actual like projects, full albums. And there's, there's just so many, you know, yeah. that are just so beautiful in their own right that I don't want to leave out. Don't okay. We'll, we'll you know st- what I mean? Like we'll stick with the with with tribe. But I think those, yeah, yeah, like like starting there, like to me, especially like for people who are fans of hip hop even today, like you know, youth especially, right? If you yeah. haven't listened to those kind of artists, mm-hmm. fall down those streaming holes. Like yeah. create a radio station out of that album, and, and then it'll find take out you where everywhere. it takes you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Uh, favorite movie. Ferris Bueller's Day Out. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right, you're an exec. You're executive producing a song, just a song. Okay. I need the main artist, someone to do the hook, and then the the person doing the beat. Whoa! This is a crazy question. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. If I put it in the terms of. You know who I who would I like to do cuts for? Yeah, there you that's go. something I've been doing too over, over my oh, time yeah. as well. Like I've had the opportunity to do a couple like a records here and there. Yeah. And like uh, I got to do this Asher Roth with uh, Heather Gray, who's oh, beautiful who's from here. Yeah, uh, why is it so gray? Uh huh. Yeah. It's on that project. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, I didn't know. I, I listened to that. I, okay. I'll say yeah. I'll yeah. send you a song. Yeah. And um, um, I've been trying to get Heather Gray to come on here, but you know what I mean. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. He, he's a hermit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's elusive. <laughs> yeah. Like we've never met in person. Like oh, got it. Yeah. It was all through text. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's why I say man, I love I love the internet. Yeah. Now, you know, there's so much good that comes out of it. Oh shit. So you said someone on the verse. The, yeah, someone yeah. on the and then it could be on someone else on the hook, and then the produ- the person who's Ooh. actually going to produce the track. <sighs> I love these questions for people who really love hip hop. You know what, though, <laughs> man? Like, I, I'm going to be very specific. It's kind of weird answers, right? Because um, I think the Neptunes mean a lot to me, um, mm-hmm. and like you know, Chad being Filipino, mm-hmm. um, and just that era, right? was so ill to me. Yeah. Um, um, they, they come to mind first, obviously. I think that's just legendary to work with them. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, like I think Anderson could do some crazy shit on a Neptune's beat. I think that's wild yeah. to think of. Um, and um, hook-wise, uh, uh, who comes to mind? You know who I'm a big fan of is actually uh, Kehlani. Mm. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of Kehlani because she's also she's from Oakland. Um, you know, she was like the first to like in her like class to like get a Grammy without like a record yeah. major record label or anything like that. Uh, I think she's super underrated at times. And For like, sure. You know, just because she doesn't have like number one Billboard hits, like mm-hmm. doesn't fucking mean like 
R&B right now, I think, is full, chock full of just incredible talent and yeah. artists. It's also just where I lean musically, personally, taste-wise these days, like these past few years. Is, and it influences my DJing. You know, if, you, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're like a nerd, like, like I, I'm more of like a rhythmic, soulful, like funky type cutter and yeah. you know like then just like all out barrage crazy cuts you right. know like which i respect right mm-hmm. um i don't know random random group of people no that's perfect that just comes to mind right now i love when you get the uh every now and then you get like the neptunes are producing this song for so oh, so the or they can tell yeah or like oh the neptunes are working with snow allegra on mm-hmm. this it's like yeah so i'm saying so i'm saying uh all right uh this is gonna be tough i know it will <laughs> Uh, and maybe not. I, don't know. I your, love that you're tough. Like, yeah, this is good. Your Mount Rushmore of DJs. <laughs> well, my all-time hero, I would say, is D Styles, the Beat Junkies, originally Invisible Scratch Pickles. Mm-hmm. D Styles is like an alien. Mm-hmm. There's no one like D Styles. No one. Um, and. He literally, to me, like, is up there with any name you could say when it comes to technically. Yeah. And just, like, shit that you'll never figure out how to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? And just, like, and it's also, like, his evolution I've seen of him, like, um, progress as a DJ and who who he's become now. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, there are are points in his career where it's, like, crazy, out of control, fast, speed, whoa kind of turntablism mm-hmm. and then you know now is like just funky mm-hmm. and just what you know what i mean like yeah. all at the same time um and once again bay area dude filipino yeah uh, just one of the illest and still to this day still putting out vinyl you know still doing cuts on records right all of it you yeah. know um i love uh I I I I have loved seeing Craze at the same time. Mm. Same thing, yeah. right? And his uniqueness, and you know, these are just the goats, right? During the DMC days of right. like, they were literally told to stop <laughs> competing, right? Yeah. You'll never, <laughs> no, yeah, no not win. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like no one's fucking with them. <laughs> uh, that's like these are the guys that come to mind, right? Like, but like. And I know I'm naming like kind of like household name DJs, you know, for a certain era uh, and have like, you know, it's not about their popularity, right? Or mm-hmm. anything like that, but they've, you know, grown into, you know, for look at what A-Track, you know, look at A-Track. Yeah. Um, the videos I'm talking about, I have the A-Track tape, right? Still mm-hmm. where like, he's like literally 12 or something. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's crazy. And he was up there doing wild shit. You know, shit that like no one had seen as well. Yeah. And gaining respect. And um um so you know, those guys, uh I think um obviously Jazzy Jeff mm-hmm. is just like he's like the foundation of the shit. Right. You know, like I still love falling down YouTube portals of like old <laughs> Jazzy Jeff, Fred, you know, Will Smith shit. Yep. You know, and um and just like him today as a DJ, mm-hmm. and like it's like you can't even say like he's like the old guy, you no. know? Like you can't, 
Because like he could still rock today's party. Exactly. Like no one else. Music from he could do shit from the sixties all the way to stuff that's coming out now. Bruh. And and it's, and it's always feels fresh. Yeah. And it's never the same. And like I just popped into his live yesterday, like <laughs> randomly, and I was like, I've never seen him do this. Yeah. Like still to yep. this day. Um and uh, I want to do a random one. That's my last one. Okay. Um, Jose Melendez, who was a big radio DJ uh, in my upbringing, uh, who did a show called The Wild Workout at Noon mm. um, on Wild out in the Bay, which is now like a pop station. But before it used to actually be like um, a rhythmic hip hop but like very DJ heavy okay. uh, competition to KMEL, which is like the hip hop yeah. station there, right? Like even, you know, Biggie and Tupac shouted out KMEL, mm-hmm. right? Like um, I want to shout out Jose Melendez because he used to do that show and it totally broke regular programming. It was uh, high energy, freestyle, wow. house. It was like... Um, Everything that was popping in the clubs at that time in the 90s and like a lot of the records and artists were from the Bay. Like they're like, when I said earlier about like, you know, uh, lack of um, Asian representation in music, uh, 90% of that mix would be like Filipino singers. Mm. And like, it was like records that were very regional. Got it. It's like when people think of the Bay, they just think hyphy. They think, you know, but there was that before that and it was like basically like dance clubs but like yo the music was crazy Mm. my daughter kylie my first daughter kylie was named after a group called kai Mm. k-a-i that's why we spelled it k-a-i-l-e-e um and i still have the vinyl (laughs) uh, one of my favorite songs and it was just like that everything was like at that time in that mix everything was like 115 to 130 bpm okay but it, there was it wasn't like it wasn't like techno it wasn't like yeah, that yeah yeah it was it was like freestyle it was like got it that era of of music and just these artists that you would never hear anywhere else mm. and they would carry them only in the bay at those record shops jeez you know what i'm saying yeah. so like I want to give Jose Melendez his love. Nobody really, you know, today yeah. kind of knows because he's not on the ra- He hasn't been on the radio for a long time. Um, and he's not like, you know, an internet nerd or nothing. Right. He doesn't care about social media. Um, but man, that dude influenced me heavy into wanting to become a DJ. Man. Because he, he, his was the first real mix show on the radio that I was like, damn, that's dope. Like, yeah. He's doing something that no one else is doing at noon. Yeah. For a whole hour on vinyl, like I said, on three turntables, bro. That's crazy. Doing live flips. And yeah, I love that. All that shit. I love that. You get two minutes to talk to your 18-year-old self. What are you telling 18-year-old E-Rock? Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> I guess, like, easy answer would be, like, you know, some cheat codes here and there. But yeah. Like, I don't know, man, because I feel like I've thought about this question before and I don't know if I want to give up cheat codes to myself, you know? Yeah. I know I'm dancing. <laughs> well, no, you, but I'm not on purpose because it's kind of like, you know, you, you are who you are because of your experiences, whether they're good, bad, whatever, if they're even horrific and yeah. terrible, you know, like 
it's kind of like, do you really want to give yourself that warning? Mm-hmm. You know, do you not want to experience that? Like yeah. looking back, you know, but um, I guess in a way too, what comes to mind is something along the lines of like, be unapologetic in all things. Mm. I wish I had that cheat code yeah. in so many points of even stories we've talked about. Yeah. I love that. If I just held to my gut and my heart and was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No, we're not. Yeah. You know, I I would tell myself that like at 18. Yeah. Like, yo, man, don't let these motherfuckers push you. Don't don't let them um corner you. Don't 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 let them bully you. Mm-hmm. Don't don't let any of that shit slide. Yeah. You know? Um just like most people, right? Yeah. Wish we could go back and make those choices. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you know, all your life's experiences turn you are into it turn you into what you are now. But, yeah, you feel me? But yeah, I just love that question because some people have an answer of like, don't get involved with so and so. Oh, and <laughs> hey, believe me. Believe me. I got me. a couple of those I could shout out. That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Last question. Yeah. So you're putting on your, this is you, your dream concert. You don't give a fuck about selling tickets to yep. anybody other than this is for you. You get four acts, okay. dead or alive. I need to know the acts and I need to know the order. Because you as a DJ understand how important the order is in a show. Whoa. <laughs> I think Michael Jackson's got to be in there, dog. <laughs> he has to. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere at the top. Yeah. Because I never saw him live mm, yep. growing up, Same. right? Like. And what a fucking legend, bro. Mm-hmm. And just how much it has influenced everything we've talked about and more. And just the accolades and in the time that it was, you know, like, um, and just like people fainting around him and shit. You know Crazy. I mean? It's like an era, bro. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, and I'm, you know, no matter how you feel, like, like I'm a lover of his music. Mm-hmm. And um, so he comes to mind. Um, uh, this is random. <laughs> uh, far side. I'm a huge fan of the Far Side. Okay, I think they're super underrated. Yeah. Um, you know, and they just represent, like I said, a region and a time. Mm-hmm. And um, I still got all their vinyls, and I'm um, just a huge, huge fan. Um. um while you're thinking about that, yeah. if you can hear these people in the back, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on over there, but hopefully, I mean, we don't know. I don't they know if you ma- can hear them. They are making a baby <laughs> yeah. behind us. That's what kind of what it sounds this like. Couch. <laughs> Anyways, okay, Michael Jackson, Far Side. Yeah, this is a, this is a wild show. <laughs> yeah, this is a wild ass show. Um, uh. I think I want, um, yeah, I want the Invisible Scratch Pickles to come. Okay, yeah. I want them to do a set. I want them to be a feature artist. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're the opening. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but they're the first act because yeah. it should start with DJ culture. Yeah, no and, and like anytime they've gotten back together, it's been so special to watch on you know, YouTube and mm-hmm. just people who have been able to, you know. And, and by the way, too, like, you know, talk about turntablism and these, these OGs, right? Like, um, worldwide there's you know i mean i would say arguably those guys are getting booked more out of the country yeah um than in the country now and that speaks to once again the level of like where they took everything right you know pre-internet pre-festival mm-hmm. 
pre-digital DJing, all of it, right? And I just want to pay my respect yeah. to these guys and include them in this weird-ass show <laughs> with Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> <In the> far side. <laughs> and um, I just want to see Fife alive again, man. Mm. I want Fife to come back to life. Yeah. I want him to be resurrected from the grave, man. I miss that guy. And um, once again, these are all just kind of personal choices. Yeah, well, right? again, it's your, this is personal your choices. show. Yeah. And, um, he, you know, when he passed away, I, like, cried for a month, mm. you know, like, just the effect he had on me. Yeah. And um, his abilities have never been seen again so right. far. Um, okay, there you go. That's perfect. There you go. I love that. I'm buying a fucking ticket. Sponsored by Will Wonder Podcast. Yeah, there YouTube you go. YouTube channel. Yep, the Will Wonder Pod, Bumpbox, Real Salt Lake. We're all sponsors in this. <laughs> you heard it first. All right, bro. I, Will, this has been so much fun, man. It has been a lot of fun. I don't mean fun. to cut you off, bro, but no. I just want to say, man, um, thank you uh, for this conversation because yeah. I got to talk about things I've never talked about. Thank you. Um, we cleared up our beef, you know what I mean? <laughs> So now funny. we can be in the same room. So funny, bro. <laughs> Poor Dre. Dre yeah. is so confused. Uh, like, are you all this cool stuff. with them? I guess. Yeah. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think. Am I, am I not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I do something? Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't, y'all. No, he didn't. Um, but I want to thank you, bro. And yeah. um, say that um, coming from um, how much I know this takes to do, I also want to say this, man. Um, to be dedicated over 100 episodes of something, mm -hmm. anything, and to start now this part, right, of what you're doing. Um, clearly, um, you have a passion and drive for this shit, and I respect it, and I love it. Thank you. And it's a, it's a same, right? It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Maybe you can think in your mind that you didn't do this or that of things that I said, but this is the same, mm. right? You are using your voice. You're trying to touch people. Um, you're giving people, right, an outlet to speak and to talk. And um, um, this is really what I think, like, radio has forgotten as an industry. Yeah. Which is, like, believing in the voices and the people and letting them fly. Mm -hmm. And um, clearly you fly uh, for what I've listened to, what I've seen so far. Can't wait to see where all this goes. Holler at me anytime, bro. Whatever, however, I'll vouch for you. Whatever. Thank you. Um, however, I can help. Um, let's get more creative together. Yeah. Let's do some DJ shit together. Yeah. Come over I love to the, that. Come over to the crib, bro. And let's just fucking have fun. Yeah. Hit record sometimes and see what happens. Yeah. And, um, let's do more together. But yeah, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, brother. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, man. As there I've, goes your fucking as ears I've killed again. everyone. <laughs> I'm clearly been out the game. I better get out of here. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you all so much for listening this week. Again, make sure you go out and support the Will Wonder Pod YouTube page. All you got to do is go ahead and click subscribe, hit that little bell icon. You'll be notified whenever there's new videos on the page, interviews. There's going to be some other fun stuff on there as well. Don't forget to follow the pod on Instagram at the Will Wonder Pod. Follow me on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Please subscribe, write, and review. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace out.